This is the Dale Not Dale Podcast, Season 3. On the podcast, we chillin' zest. Uncle Dale Vaughn Magnus. Yeah, we the best. Magnus in the cut. No shirt in sight. Spitting truth and jokes. Yeah, we keep it tight. Uncle Dale's wisdom. Dropping like gems. With Vaughn's quick wit. We them boys. Yeah, we them. In our zone, we stay laughing. To a new feet. You wrote, Mag? All right, guys. What's up, Bonnie? Hey, hey. We got a special guest in today, the Great Clips Mohawk Warrior, Mr. Bryce Kinney. How's it going? Good, good man. What's I'm up? a little offended they're not Mohawk approved. Um, yeah, I, I thought about so, that. I was like, man, you know. Yeah, we tried to get those custom made. Yeah, it's backhorse supply chain. <laughs> yeah, uh, supply chain. Supply chain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> inflation and supply chain. It'll kill, it'll kill a Mohawk. Yeah, right. It'll mohawk kill killer. A mohawk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Mr. Uh, mohawk Warrior. Currently number three on points. That's right. Yeah. And the, uh, what was it? I got it written down here, the Stadium Championship Series East. East. So yeah, tell it. me that. So there's the East and the West? That's right. Yeah. Uh, for a stadium, it's, there's a Stadium Series and a, an Arena Series in Monster Jam. So okay. uh, Great Cliffs Mohawk Warriors, a big giant monster truck. And uh, But uh, yeah, so the same series, East and the West series, they, they're in Anaheim right now at the Angel Stadium while we're here in Houston this weekend. Okay. And uh, everyone's vying to to win your season. If you win your points series, you get an automatic bid to World Finals in, at Monster Jam in uh, L.A. in May. So yeah, everyone's trying to vie for those points. So the other guy we know, he's must be in the other series, the uh, Camden. Oh yeah, Murphy. Cannon Murphy. Yep, we yep. were on tour together last year. But okay, yeah, he's on the West West yes. series. He's friends with my brother in law. That's right, Adam. Okay, I think so, he hosted them. I think he hosted he did. him and the girls at he did that. at the Texas Stadium. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, he did that. That's whatever. And then we when we went to the not Indy five hundred, but we went to the weekend brickyard. With, we went to the brickyard. Mm-hmm. He's one of he first time he I say first time uh, first race in a while. Yeah. Stock car. Yep. He did a he did a race there. So we we were there that weekend with our uh, sponsor, Good Ranchers. Oh yeah. And so we met with him. And Adam actually went that morning and like was helping out with the with the pit. Like, oh. with, the, with the pit crew. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Now Camden's a good guy. He's a great guy. So um, well, I've been missing him on our tour as well. So yeah, yeah. I think little. they're coming through Houston though too. I mean, Houston's a huge market for the, Monster Jam. Yeah, and fans around here love it. We do two this weekend, and the other tour when they come through, I think they're doing two as well. Saturday and Sunday. I think it's only a couple weeks away. Yeah, and, I, I think mean, they sell that many. It's tickets. in February, I believe. It yeah. is. So he'll be coming back through, but he's not welcome on the podcast though. You know, he's still <laughs> nah, my competitor. No, nah, he's gotta, you know, yeah, he's well, not that cool. We'd have to have like four <laughs> four uh, books for him to sit on. That's right. He's a yes. shorter fella. Yeah, <laughs> that was hateful, man. Yeah, nice. Yeah, he drives like he's nine feet tall though. That's why. That's what's so infuriating. You know. Yeah. Well, he's young. Yeah. He's really young. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's like low twenties. Yeah, I remember that. But he. Uh, Dude, you imagine? I mean, he's racing against some grown men out there. Especially when he did that NASCAR weekend. You can imagine. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, so yeah, man. So we, we, me and you connected through a buddy. Mm-hmm. We've been talking, and so uh, we were, we wanted to get you on here. Then once we realized you were coming through to Houston, yeah, I was like man, let's get you in person. It's way more fun. You'll be here, and so uh, it's awesome, man. So yeah, I like the studio, by the yeah, way. Thank you. Big thank budget, you. man. Hey. Shoot. <laughs> Try to keep it clean. That's right. <laughs> no, we came a long way, man. We've had a we've had a all kind of, I know you said just some research. We've done all we've had all kind of guests on, man. Yeah. And uh someone from your field we haven't had. We haven't had anybody from the uh I guess the gearhead world, you yeah. know. 
for any kind of race. Extreme so. sports. Extreme sports, I'll yeah. Take that. Yeah. yeah. Uh we have got connected to a guy that's big in the extreme sports with the uh Johnny Louch. Yeah. He's a mm. he's big up a monster. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if monster he's like monster energy. We don't know what he does. He does something with monster energy. Yeah. Like co found I mean like that big. Like oh, he, wow. he's hung out with him with, with the good rancher stuff, but mm. He's always it's good company to know. Yeah, no kidding. My goodness. Yeah. So your big sponsor is Great Clips. Great Clips. Yeah, and that's actually our buddy that connected us yep. that uh, owns some franchises here in the the Houston area. But they're such an amazing company, and that's what's they're been big. cool. Yeah, almost a, uh, now. I think I just saw it was almost two billion. Wow. So people don't realize Great Clips is that big sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. 30 something thousand stylists in the system and 4,000 salons. And that's what's, that's, what's really been cool for me is because I love driving monster jam. I mean, it's so much fun. I get to do backflips for a living, yeah, no you know, and jump 30 feet in the air and crash trucks and I don't even have to fix it. Yeah. Wow, yeah. That's the best <laughs> part, right? That's the best part. Yeah. I mean, I get on an airplane and fly home and, yeah. and the guys uh, work on it all week long and uh, get it back together for me to do it all over again the next weekend i mean it's the best job ever and so i love doing that yeah. but i got into monster jam not just because of the driving piece but i love the platform um and i've always said if i had to sum up what i want to do through the platform of monster jam it's i want to make a corporate impact like i love going into companies helping their culture building their culture making their culture better somehow um and uh, and i found different ways to do that but great clips it's been that's what's been so much fun because if there's a thousand franchisees out there, I look at them as a thousand CEOs that I get to go into each of these markets yeah, and interact absolutely. with. You know, I was I was having dinner with a bunch of them in San Antonio last Friday night and getting to just sit down at their houses and you know and and just talk about what their needs are, and then that makes me better because I'm not just the guy that puts a helmet on and says go to Great Clips, like you can yeah. get a great mohawk at right. Great Clips. It's like yes, you can, but also <laughs> what can we do together to really make a difference? And that's what's well, been you want it to be a good experience for you. if you're sending people there. I don't have friends. I got family. Vaughn, guess what? What New Year, new meat. New Year, new meat. New Year, new meat, dude. Good ranchers. No. It's like I say, New Year, New Me. Yeah. New Year, New Meat. It's the same meat, though. No, it's New Meat. It's New Meat? New Meat. Okay. <laughs> Tell like, me about it. Well, you know, Good Ranchers, American Meat Delivered, our great sponsor of the Del Nuto Podcast. Uh, they are taking the ick out of chicken. I see what you did there. Yeah. You know why? One, Ben, the owner. Yeah. He don't really touch chicken. So he has made it to where they are triple trim their chicken breasts. Chefs trimmed well, chicken chicken breasts is yeah, what you're telling me because it comes like it comes ready to go. You cut the package and you ain't got to trim it. You ain't got to cut any fat off anything extra. You ain't got to touch the slimy. You got to touch it. I'm the same that's, way. That's taking the ick out of chicken. I don't want salmonella on my fingers. I don't either. I want it in my belly. Yeah. Uh, no, make sure you cook your good ranch chicken long enough. You don't get salmonella. Yeah. Uh, so no, it's great. <laughs> so, no, but hey, take the ick out of chicken. The cool thing is right now, use our code at GoodRanch.com, Pod. It gets you $20 off your box, plus free chicken. Free chicken. They're always giving free chicken away. $189 value. I don't know how they do it. They give so much it. free stuff away, I don't know. I don't know. Did, did they even make money? But hey, being that Ben is such a stickler for not touching chicken, he's passed that along to you guys to where it makes meal prep easy. Take the ick out of chicken. That's the big thing right now. Yeah. It's a big movement in 2024. You got to put some prep in your step. New year, new meat. Yeah. Put, dude, I like that. Put some prep in your step. Dude. For all those people that want a meal prep for uh, the new year. Dude, the best thing, like, if you, yeah, I don't want to touch chicken. 
No, me I don't neither. mind it. Like I've actually been using gloves when I touch meat, and now with good ranch meat, I can just clip the bag, slide it out, drop it in. Yeah, it's easy. Put some prep in my step. Put some prep in your step. Yep. So go to goodrancher.com. Use our code DNDPod. Take advantage of twenty dollars off your first box. Get the hundred eighty nine dollar value of free chicken for a year. And uh, man, like if you want good meat, go to American. Get get American meat delivered to your house from goodrancher.com. Yeah. And don't be don't be chicken. Don't be a don't be a chicken. It's just chicken. Don't be a chicken, dude. <laughs> oh, dude. Really? Oh, yeah. New year, new meat by Good Ranchers. I don't have friends. I got family. You want it to be some shady company. Yeah. Like you want to make sure that it's, I mean, mm-hmm. when they're a good company, you want to make sure it's a good experience for people. So Yes. It always going to help your your influence for them. So I feel like that. Yeah. yeah. You got to live the brand. I mean, <clears> and yourself. it was a hard decision to leave my, so I was in a corporate job before I came to Monster Jam. And it was a, it was executive recruiting, so I was placing C-suite executives into private equity backed companies. Okay, so I know you're like, how the heck do you go from that to Monster Jam? <laughs> yeah, and uh, but I mean, for me, it was a very lucrative industry, lucrative job. And when Monster Jam came to me, and uh, at first it was just a hobby, and I wasn't I wasn't really paying much attention to the sport. I was just doing it for fun. Um, and they said, if we've got a company that is interested in you being their driver. And, and they didn't tell me it was great clips or anything like that. And uh, I kind of said, okay, well, I'm really not interested in that. Thank you. Yeah. You know, um, and I was about about to get promoted as well at my corporate job at, my, at our search firm. Um, I had interviewed with Google uh, at that same time as well to go and do recruiting for them. I really didn't want to live in San Francisco. I was considering Austin, but Austin's really not Texas. Let's be honest. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so it was just kind of, you know, that, that wasn't a real viable option, but I was having opportunities like that. Yeah. And so so, and that was when I talk about making a corporate impact, that's what I'm talking about. Like, you know, with my search firm, talking to CEOs all day long, doing that, really getting to have that kind of corporate impact. So Monster Jam keeps coming back to me. Great Clips keeps putting me to those final rounds for, you know, even though I said to Monster Jam, like, just remove my name. I'm, yeah. I'm not, and I know what it takes to be an ambassador for a brand. And that's not where I'm at right now. They kept ignoring me basically. Finally, after three times of telling them no, um, they said, look, you've officially been chosen as the driver. <laughs> what do we got to do? Like, how do we make this all Holy come together? Cow. And I really struggled with that because it wasn't about the money, even though I took a 30% pay cut and it wasn't like I was making 39 grand in my, in my, yeah, cor- yeah, in my yeah, yeah. corporate job. I was making a really good living. So I, I was, I was going to have to take a 30% pay cut, nothing guaranteed, you know, no, there wasn't, you know, motorsports is so fragile, the platform, everything, the opportunity is so fragile. There's 150 people waiting to take your spot. Wow. And all of a sudden you're looking at that going, I, the only reason I said yes to it was that corporate impact saying this is a platform that I am able to go and really, you know, not only just help the corporate brands like great clips and to do something to make a difference for their brand, but to utilize all that for a massive platform to use uh, for our fan base as well. And so ultimately that's why I made that decision. How they know to pick you like, so you were in a pool of drivers in the past. They knew to go after, how does that work? Yeah. So the, 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 you know, without making a long story, the individual that was managing that relationship with Great Clips, he was kind of he ran all of their motorsports stuff. Okay. So Great Clips did a lot in NASCAR for a lot, a long time, almost twenty, well, maybe not twenty years, a long time. And this individual, his kind of marketing firm, was the one that held that. 
So I knew a guy named Clay Milliken, and he drives a top fuel dragster in NHRA, the long, skinny cars yep. that go 300 miles an hour in four seconds. You were a drag racer before, right? That's what I used to do. <clears throat> okay. I knew Clay from my whole childhood. We raced against him and all that stuff. Well, the individual that was part, that kind of owned that Great Clips partnership uh, also had worked with Clay through the Great Clips stuff. Clay Milliken had just lost his son, Dalton, to a tragic uh, motorcycle wreck oh. the year before. Dalton uh, was a Monster Jam driver. So that was so Dalton was with Monster Jam at, at, at that point. And so when all that happened, it was Clay Milliken's first Monster Jam back since Dalton died. Mm-hmm. And he and the individual's name was Doug, who who ran that partnership. Basically, just Clay just said, "I want you to come with me to St. Louis to just be with me because it's going to be an emotional time." Doug came, saw it, and that's where he goes, "Oh my gosh, this Monster Jam is not what I thought it was." And that's what it is. It's like you know, Monster Jam has very humble beginnings <laughs> back right. in the '80s and stuff. If you've not been to Monster Jam, you think, is it a redneck sport? Is it country? Like everyone's there with mullets or something. That's so far away from what Monster Jam is. It's a family sport. And so that's what happened. Doug sat there with Clay Milliken in the seats, and he went, oh, my gosh. This is the best thing I've ever seen. And so that's where he went to Great Clips and said, look, we're going to do a partnership. And then he went to Clay since Clay knew the driver pull. Right, he knew the options. Clay, for whatever reason, went to Doug and said, "Do not let Great Clips or Monster Jam put anyone else in that truck, but Bryce Kenny." Uh, so he was the one that he kept was, driving it. Yeah, no. So because you had since you had the background drag racing, mm-hmm. so you knew you were gearhead apparently, yep, yep. and so that's why they okay. So did Great Clips have a vehicle before that, or? They not they monster. They got into monster jam with you as their driver. They were trying it out. It was like a part time thing. And so what happened was the Mohawk Warrior truck was being sidelined, and they didn't really know because they hadn't done monster jam before. They had done way. They spent way too much money in NASCAR, and so they were kind of concerned. Like ah, we don't really. So they did like a part time sponsorship deal. And, uh, and uh, so they kind of bought part of the truck is the best way to say right. that. And it was a small deal, but, but they didn't want to do their own truck. Monster Jam kept saying like, let's make the Great Clips truck. And they were like, no, we don't, we can't really uh, get it to get, we can't figure that out. And then that's when they said, well, we actually have this truck. It has a Mohawk on it and it's kind of being phased out. Oh yeah. Maybe we make it, we just attach the brand to an existing IP because that really had not been done. You don't see the you know, Cholula El Toro Loco truck out there (laughs) or Tabasco or Texas Pete (laughs) or something. Um, You you know, they never, so that was kind of a new concept and it has been so phenomenal and they, they loved it. So after year one. So the Mohawk Warrior was already a truck. Yeah. So they just have the great clips and just, it just happened to work because it's hair. I mean. Exactly. So, (laughs) and that year one there, it was even, it was a part-time sponsorship. It worked so well. They just ripped it up and started a whole new contract, bought the whole truck. And here that's been, that's been seven years. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Which is cool. Pretty boy. This episode is brought to you by Pretty, Pretty Boy. boy. Uh, dude, what is your plan for New Year's resolution? Dude, I'm not one for New Year's resolutions, and the reason why is because most of the time people make a New Year's resolution to like get all fit and, and you know start eating healthy, and not a single person cares about their face. I do. So now, if you use Pretty Boy Revival, you will be working on your face for your New Year resolution. Why not? I don't know. Why not? Like, dude, you can't go, like, unless you're, uh, I don't know what kind of profession you'll be in. Like a lifeguard? 
lifeguard. Yeah. Somebody wearing a mask all day. Unless you're wearing a mask all day, everybody's going to see your ugly face. Yeah. So you might as well make it look good with Revival from Pretty Boy. Exactly. And nine times out of ten, people that get their bodies in shape, they just walk into the office and it's covered up by a shirt, but everybody's got to see your ugly ass face. Dude, you ain't lying. So you need to take care of your face because that's what I got to look at. I don't care about your pecs. Your, I don't care about your your lats. Dude, I... I can't but, an, uh, but an ugly face will really ruin my day. Yeah, I want to look at people's faces because hey, when somebody's got nice skin, you notice. Oh yeah, it's like the, it's like you know when, when women have the pregnant glow. Now men can have the pregnant glow. Oh, dude. Hey, so get yourself a revival from Yo Pretty Boy and get yourself a pregnant glow on your face. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. These comments were not FDA approved. <laughs> they were not. So go to prettyboy.com and use our code DNDPOD15 at checkout. Pretty Boy. So had you had any experience driving a monster truck at all or was it just... No. I mean, I, so I had one year under my belt driving before Great Clips came around. It was Monster Mutt, if you've seen the dog oh, yeah. theme truck. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because when, when I came out of Monster Jam University, real place, by okay. the way. Yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. They gave me a diploma and everything. You had which a minor? I, which I, yeah, a minor. What was my, I've never been asked that. What would my minor have been? I don't know. Um, but uh, they gave me a diploma, and I'm like, guys, we're kind of reaching a little bit. <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah. It's did real. You, did you yeah. walk? Uh, yeah. No. no, no. I, I, you know, I held my leg as I just crashed off the yeah. porch. You know. Uh, you know um, but no, it was, it, it, was, it was pretty cool that all of a sudden I got to I, – I came out of Moss Jam University, and I was like, as long as they don't put me in the dog truck, I'm fine. Well, sure enough, man. No. <laughs> a month later, you, you spoke to resistance. I know. It was like they, they said, "Well, we got a, we got a truck in mind for you. It's the Monster Mutt Brown truck." It's and a, all I did was send a. Uh, I, I texted my wife. I said, "It's Monster Mutt." She sent me a gif of uh, Dumb and Dumber when yeah, the, it goes Mutt oh, cuts yeah. goes airborne. <laughs> so nineteen eighty nine shagging wagon. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't text me back. Didn't say, "Babe, that's awesome." Just the gif. Yeah, and I'm like, I married the right woman. <laughs> so Monster uh, Mutt was the first yeah. experience. Mm-hmm. Those ears always get in the way. <laughs> Not of the windshield, but of my uh, pride, yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it looks cool going over a jump, though. Yeah. They yeah. catch air. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. <laughs> but it also is kind of uncomfortable because there for a while, like uh, Mashima had, it's like the sign underneath, it says, begging for bones. Uh, so it's like you're scratch, you know, like a dog, like like scratching its belly or something. Yeah. And there was just too many like innuendos yeah, with the sign yeah. and stuff like that. So I was really glad to get out of Monster Mutt. Oh, yeah, is Monster Mutt still around? Kind of. I feel yeah, like I, I last time I was one. at Monster Jam, I I saw a Monster yeah. Mutt. They, they, I think they're kind of phasing that out too, but I might be wrong. So how many drivers are in your series? Uh, Twelve on the Stadium Series East. Okay. Yep. There's about 55 total in Monster Jam, though. Wow. It's, it's the largest motorsports fleet in the world. A lot of people don't know that. It's huge. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Never would have known that. Yeah. So you, so you start driving monster trucks. Mm-hmm. So what's, what's the first experience like jumping into a truck? I mean, I, I'm trying <laughs> what, to what, tr- get dragged. What, what did Camden tell us that day? He said it's like, uh, oh, man. I, we, I, we, we asked him that person, too. Yeah. I forgot what he said, what he said trying to fight this thing you know yeah right. it's like riding a bull so, so you're going it's, from straight track quarter mile yeah to now your four-wheel steer and a steering wheel right? yeah right and how did you how do you figure that out honestly i've always said it's kind of the, it's just all about the the application of horsepower for me drag racing was so violently fast oh yeah, yeah. you know that going Zero to three hundred. It was the same class that I competed in. Yeah. So top yeah. fuel top draggers, fuel. 
They are so John violent. Ford. John Ford. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I grew up yeah. watching that. Um, uh, zero to 100 miles an hour in, in 0.8 seconds. It'll beat yeah. a major league fastball to the home plate. That's In nuts. a car, in a race car, in a driver. <laughs> the launch, to me, was fun. That was fun. God. It was 300 feet out because you can't apply 10,000 horsepower to a car that's sitting still. And so you've got to kind of mechanically cause it to, you kind of, it's called slipping the clutch, but basically it enables part of the power to get to the back tires. Well, about 300 feet out, your goal is to have all 10, of that power. Horsepower. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of lock up the clutch, which yeah. applies all that power. The only way I can explain it was the first time I felt it, I came back like deer in the headlights going, I can't believe people drive these things. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, the only way I can explain it was like on Star Trek, I guess, when the stars, they go into hyperspeed and all the stars go, yeah. and they kind of turn into lines. Yeah. That's what it felt. Not at the launch. You would think, like I said, zero to 100 miles an hour, 0.8 seconds. It wasn't that that was scary. It was 300 feet out when it finally locked up. And then that's when all the stars started feeling like they were flying by. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, so like that was very violent. Well, yeah. Your yeah. Tunnel, yeah, tunnel yeah, tunnel vision, because your brain, at, at, when can't, you're going through the finish line, it does not It does not know any longer what the what uh, the peripherals vision. It cannot compute your peripheral vision. Oh so it shuts God. it down. That is nuts. Yeah. So, I, yes, I went from that, and I, that was my whole dream, man. I wanted to live in top fuel drag racing, and that was going to be everything, and I failed. Like, I was trying to find money. It was the last great recession. You know, 2010, 2011, oh, yeah. couldn't find the money. And so we kept it alive for a good three years as I was driving, just doing everything. I was living on the road. I, trust me, I earned my stripes on, you know, fixing stuff, paying for it, right. all, you know, living on the road, doing all the things. And, uh, and finally, it was just like, uh, you know, my grandfather was a team owner. I looked at him. I said, look, don't keep this stuff for me. Like, sell it, retire. If it takes me 40 years to get back into it, I will. Like, it's not a matter of if I'm doing motorsports when you get you, yeah and then i went into my corporate job and then that's when monster jam called and, and blew up all my plans and here i am <laughs> how long were you in the corporate world before you went four years okay so yeah. you had a pretty good lull for yeah were you missing every day no, no i really kind of yeah I, I well i got married I, you know we started a family my, my daughter was born we bought a house like i was kind of getting my house in order yeah. and i really needed that and i got and i was able to give everything up at the at very wise counsel from i had a mentor yeah. at the time that was like look this is your last chance to give up something really important and like settle show mckenzie that she's more important than what you're wanting to go and accomplish and here, I'm so glad he gave me that advice because whenever I decided, it wasn't just telling my grandfather to sell it. It was, I had, you know, jobs on different race teams and stuff. And mm-hmm. I finally, I, I was like, we're going to, I'm going to put all of that away. I'm going to, and I, I'm, I'm going to ask McKenzie to marry me. We're going to start our family. We're going to get our house in order. And I, let me tell you something. McKenzie today is the most supportive human being. She was the one that pushed me whenever I took that 30% pay cut from corporate America. She was the one that said, babe. You know you're called the motorsports. Go do it. Yeah, that's cool. So that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, good on her, man. Because like I said, it's, it's a lot for her to take on the family. I mean, it's a lot yes. for them because you're traveling. Uh, I'm sure they travel with you some, but I'm sure it yep. gets a lot. Well, and, and that's the thing. She she looked at me and she said, "I know you would give it up for me because you gave up something that was your heart back right. in 2011 for me. I know if I turn around today and said, babe, I want you to give up Monster Jam,' that you would. And she's right. Yeah. I would because I've I've already done it. But because I did that. Not because she asked me to, but because I kind of sacrificed it for her. She never does ask. Yeah. 
So she's got that in her back pocket if she ever needs it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. 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 She, she's built the case. Uh, yeah, that's right. There's, there, and there are receipts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's... So I had I, I, read, I read some stuff about you. I was trying to see some of the like some of your accolades. So uh, 2019 save of the year. What, what does yeah. that even mean in Monster Jam? What is what is in save Monster of the Jam, year? A save is where you're in the middle of a crash. And for whatever, you do something in the truck in, that the gets it back on all four tires. Yep. Okay. You save it from the crash. Okay. Basically. Well, I, I figured that's what it was. I just didn't know. Yeah. I don't know a ton about Monster Jam. I've never been to Monster Jam, honestly. I've never yeah. been. So We're going to fix that, by yep. the way. Uh, but like I said, I was kind of curious what that was. So it's great. That's an award. Yeah. Like, that's a big award for it, the year. Did you Did you purposely save it, or was it just by sheer luck that it saved itself? <laughs> oh, it, it was a – I actually did it here in Houston. Really? Yeah. And uh, I, I did really. It was in Houston. I was purposely trying to save it, but what was – so unique and if you go on and look I, th- I think if you type in bryce kenny houston save it'll probably pop up because yeah, i think it was 20 it might have been 2018 okay when that happened but uh, it was on the sidewalls of the truck and, and and even the guys in the stadium they had already clicked all the lights red as if to say like my it's run a was done and uh, all of a sudden i i just hit the throttle i turn everything into the dirt because it wasn't on its roof yet and it caught. And so as the truck was starting to move over, there was a big dirt pile. That's what was the really lucky part. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, the front tire bounced off of that dirt pile and kind of flung the truck around. And it did this 360 spin in the air Holy and landed crap. on all four tires. Meg, make sure to save that for real. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you got out and said you did it on purpose. <laughs> no, no. no. He's like, oh, boom. Look, I, look, I said, look, sometimes in Monster Jam, you're lucky. Yeah. Sometimes you're good. Yeah. The best moments like that moment are when you're both. Yeah. So it did take a a little bit of both. Yeah. But, yeah. That's awesome. He's like, Undertaker come back from the dead. He yeah. sits up. That's exactly. Yeah. And the lights that went red, yeah. like halfway through me spinning, doing this flip, they would go back green. Yeah. <laughs> so he's back. Like, yeah. like, uh, no one else knew what was going on either. So. Holy crap. So, the, so these monster trucks, they're 10,000 horsepower, 7,000 horsepower. They're 12,000 pounds. Okay. And they're only about 1,500 horsepower. Okay. Uh, but they're all the power. Trust me. They're all the power we need to send these things 35 feet in the air so 35 feet yeah. in the air oh Good. it's it's God. it's amazing we did set the a guinness world record book or a guinness world record for speed we were the first truck to ever go 100 miles an hour which doesn't sound fast and i know i've just said i went 300 miles an hour no, 100 miles an hour in that truck in a sounds way, way too in those fast. tires yes and, and honestly <laughs> we didn't know if the tires would keep up with it like yeah. they could they could come apart yeah the yeah. truck could vibrate itself apart they're not made to go 100 miles an hour and that's what they said they were like hey you know how do you feel like no truck's ever been so that was your record that's my record oh sweet and they said how's how's it feel you know no one's ever been 100 miles an hour in a monster jam truck i said yeah no one's ever crashed one at 100 miles an hour either no so so thankfully we didn't and uh it was cool to finally click that you know triple digits for so is is, is houston one of the bigger places y'all perform in yes the floors that's what i I heard that i heard that i wasn't sure if that was true i bet the only bigger one is glendale the cardinals okay yep but yeah houston's a big i've heard houston's a big one for I mean, I grew up in Lake Charles where we had a little civic center. They, I mean, they yeah. they go up, hit something, they would stop, turn around. I mean, yeah. they had nowhere to move. Mm-hmm. But we would see the monster trucks when we were little. You get the chaos here on the big stadiums uh, events. The good thing about the arenas is that there's no bad seat in the house. Yeah. That's right. what's great. Yep, you can be in the very top row and you're, and you're just up. You're still on the truck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here in the stadium, it's not that there's bad seats in the house, but you do get the little bit more carnage, probably more breakage, and you know you get all the backflips and the crashes and the things that everyone wants me to go do. And you can. <laughs> 
and you can hear it from anywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is unreal how loud yeah. a monster truck is. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you were there, Vaughn? Have you been recently? It's been three years. I used to go every – I used to go pretty much every year. Okay. I was uh, My son got into it uh, when he was younger, and then I, I've always loved Monster Jam. Like yeah. back, in the, back in the White Wheel Bigfoot days. Yes. And it's uh, – it, it, it's just fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how anybody couldn't like the carnage that it that it brings. Well, here's what I here's what I here's my theory about it. And I heard Coach K. I, I, I know everyone likes basketball and yep. stuff, but I love Coach K, Duke basketball coach, uh, or former Duke basketball coach. But I heard him say this. He said, "Look, we I used to take the the uh, USA basketball team and stuff like that. We would create memories. I do this at Duke basketball. But he goes, the thing is, is we never go like watch a movie together." Because that only is two senses, what you see and what you hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said the best memories to make are when you get all five senses involved. And for whatever reason, that changed everything. That changed me as a father because it helps me create better memories right. with my kids if I'm focusing on the, the all five senses. But that's what I think, why I think Monster Jam is so amazing is because I call it an assault on the senses. Yeah. Like you go there and what you see. Stimulation overload. Oh, man. What you <laughs> see, you can feel the trucks, you know, oh, yeah. rumble and everything. You can hear it. Please bring your headphones, you know. Uh, you can uh, you can smell it. You smell the dirt and all that stuff. Uh, and then you're doing that while you're eating cotton candy. Yeah. Like, you're, you're engaging all five senses, Absolutely. and that's why families just can't get enough of it. It is it, it is so much fun to watch, <laughs> and um, you know, everybody in the stands. I mean, you know this. Everybody wants to see a crash. Yes, and, yes. <laughs> they want the red light. Oh yeah. <laughs> but one of the things I, that they don't know is what are the repercussions of that. So when you crash, mm-hmm. what does that what does that look like from the the crew? To, how does that look like from upper management? Do they yeah. say, man, listen, you just you ruined about one hundred fifty grand worth of stuff. It's like Ricky Bobby kept wrecking those cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what, so what does that look like? Is that just like a big scramble? Are there people like, man, why'd you do that? Yes. Uh, the answer to that is absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. However, they don't get like Monster Jam. The other great thing is it's so big that they they understand entertainment value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they get that we need to push the limits of this stuff. Um, the only time they get frustrated is like we if you damage the truck doing something not cool. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like you, you, what a waste. Yeah, like you roll the truck in the corner trying to get it turned back around, <laughs> and I've done that, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like then that's when they kind of throw David Price. Hands. Yeah, there's, there's, there was zero entertainment value, uh, but there's that threshold too. It's kind of like you know, no one's going to be perfect, and there's just sometimes that man, you just get a bad roll, and something yeah. bad yep. happens. But Do they have multiple vehicles. You have multiple trucks. Or you just have that's just yeah. I mean, I just have mine. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yes, and most of the drivers like there's not a backup truck. Who's now. the big? I mean. I know Grave Digger was yeah. one. Uh, who are the big popular ones? Like other other big trucks that are yeah. Max D is a big yeah. name. Tom Mintz, uh, he he's been driving for I think thirty years now. This is his farewell season. Oh, cool. And so Max D used to be called Maximum Destruction for a reason. Yeah, too. he's an animal he's on an animal. freestyle. Oh my gosh, he's scary. He's nuts. He's I don't know how he's still alive. Oh yeah, no, safety none precautions. Of us do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> none of us really do. But uh, it's his farewell uh, so season alive. too. So that's what it'll be cool. Like if you yeah. come out in Houston and stuff, like you're seeing this guy who's retiring. Uh, from competitive driving, at least, and like it's his last year, so it's it's. But Max is big, yeah, yeah. and uh, Grave Digger, of course, has got to be the biggest name in Monster Jam, yeah. So, but it's just so notable. I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. like I think the the, the Mohawk truck's got to be pretty cool because yeah, nothing's like that. That's right, and and there is like there's a Grave Digger on every tour, right? Okay. There's one Mohawk Warrior truck, okay. So, yeah. You know, uh, that's kind of cool for me. Is is the Anderson family pretty much drives every truck, and there's I think there's a few outsiders, yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, the Anderson. So Adam Anderson is the son of Dennis, who started Gravedigger, and I call him the Prince of Monster Jam. I don't think he likes it when I say that. Yeah, I, I, it is like he's like royalty. Yeah, um, it's not and, a dig. It's just what he is. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, maybe it is a dig. Truck jokes. I'll be here all week, yeah. folks. <laughs> yeah, you're very punny, by the way. Yeah. I'm gonna have to keep an open mind. On this I like podcast. that. There's another one. There's another one. <laughs> um, I don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, the Anderson remember. family. Oh, so the, so. The, but I will say the guy, <laughs> the guy that's driving Grave Digger this weekend. He's not an Anderson. Uh, his name is Tyler Meninga. But Tyler is unbelievable and so he's been winning everything he's so infuriating because of how patient he is behind the wheel and he's he can be in the middle of a a roll and you would just like i'm over there like panic throttling through it like no save it yeah and he's just like you know drinking a cup of tea yeah. you know you talk about talladega nights yeah. uh, what's the the frenchman's name oh yeah gerard yeah, gerard. gerard. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like gerard you know sipping his cappuccino yeah. uh, Hello, so, Ricky so, yes, yeah. so that is tyler meninga but he just and he loves driving Ricky too Bobby. yeah he loves it though he just is obsessed with driving like a kid that just is doing it's gotta be a fun job it is yeah but sometimes i in the past have forgotten that like this is so incredible yeah and and i get caught up in just the process of everything and the routine of it and being away from family yeah and it's been refreshing so far to be on tour with tyler because he just he cannot wait like dude we get to drive monster jam trucks (laughs) yeah like yeah it's it's true so the competitiveness of it i mean is there is there a lot of that in there is it yeah. more you know because sometimes some people are in it they're like we're here for the show it's mm-hmm. not necessarily they want to win they just want to be the one that's popular yeah so is there a lot of competitive competitiveness behind the scene like there's a lot of ego i don't know that it always turns into competitiveness and the reason why i say like we're all very competitive yeah um but the reason is we don't we can't control the score so the cool thing about Moss Jam, and I wouldn't change this, right? It's aggravating sometimes as a driver. Like I had one of the craziest moments, crazier than the save yeah. in Houston. I had the craziest moment of my career last weekend, last Sunday. Biggest crash, big, cool. It was bizarre. I still don't understand why the truck did what it did. And I finished fourth in freestyle. I should have won it. it there's no reason why we shouldn't. It was just because the fans get to judge on it. I wouldn't change uh, it though. Fans judge at all because I think it's so, there's no other sport where the fans determine the winner. Right. Literally on an app on their phone is oh, judgeszone.com yeah. and they scroll no after kidding. your 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 run, they scroll up and down and they take the average of everyone's score and that's what you get. Well then you get into like Gravedigger, who everyone loves a little bit more. Even though his run has been sick, so I'm not taking away from his abilities at all. But that's where you're kinda like, all right, what do we you know, yeah, it's not a popularity I, contest. Yeah, and I can't, I can't like internalize that that I didn't win when I'm not in control of how you win. Yeah, you'd be the first one to backflip on the night. You're gonna get a great. You're probably gonna. You might even if you're the first backflip. There's a great chance you're gonna win the yeah. freestyle competition. Well, I can't do anything about that. You know. So and do you, are, are y'all's random? You get pulled at random for who runs. Uh, it's based on the, the finishing order from the last event. So okay. I finished fourth, so I'm the fourth to last out tomorrow. And it's not every time that y'all do a freestyle, is it? It is every time. Every time? So it's, well, I'm sorry, well, it may, may not be what you're asking, but there's three competitions. So uh-huh. there's racing. There's the Great Clip Skills Challenge, like a technical move. So you'll see bicycles. And I love doing nose wheelies. You're bouncing it on the yes. front nose and just dancing it, basically dancing it around. Um, probably not the right term to use it. We're dancing trucks around. Maybe we are. But uh, And then the Monster Jam Freestyle, and that's the last competition of the night. So, And I'm assuming, and, and again, I'm going by what I think I know. 
uh, not everybody participates in freestyle. Is that no? They do they uh, as do? long as the truck is working. Okay, yeah, and and that really is, man. That's the crowning jewel of the sport. You know, if you want respect, freestyle is it? Okay, yeah. that's when you can get freaky with it. That's right. Get yeah, you with it. 120 seconds each driver. You go out there. You 120 seconds. Do whatever you want. So what's what's the coolest trick you've landed? Probably that one from last night or from last Sunday, but I can't even call it a trick. I'd have to even try to, I don't even know if I can describe it. Well, we um, can name it here on the podcast. Can we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Floor's yours. I need to come up with a good name, but uh, we'll have to, we'll have to uh, show you. Is show that you online yet? Is, yeah, can, it's on there. Okay. Yeah. But basically, I mean, I, I get really massive air. The truck bounces off the center pad and then all of a sudden it comes off into the face of a, another jump and I just throttle into it, hoping it was going to kind of bunny hop it and get over top. And it did this twist where uh, it was like a barrel roll side corkscrew thing. And it actually landed on all four tires. So, um, and the crowd like was, everyone was like, what just happened? (laughs) I finished fourth though, because I never did a backflip. It's like, you know, that's where you're kind of like, golly, what else do you want, people? So, but anyway, it was it was the the coolest moment. But anytime you just land a backflip, the you fans you- go crazy. And I love doing backflips like that because you land a backflip and then you just go and hit the biggest jump on the floor and create some carnage. What about yeah. a front flip? There's been one done. I've really? Saw, I, saw, Did you see I, saw, I saw that on YouTube. Yeah. What? One front flip ever. How, it's a timing thing. It is. How, yeah. how, do you, how do they hit a front flip? I'm trying to think how. Yeah, you, when you hit your brakes for the inertia and go forward. Well, he kind of so he did what's called a slap wheelie. So he jumps, boom, and he gets the nose up like that, and then all of a sudden he just throttles out of it, gets all this ground speed, and then there's another jump right there. And so he actually wasn't trying to front flip it. <laughs> oh shit! And so he thought it was gonna hit and then go on the nose like that a little bit. He came, you know, nose up, power wheelie. Ah, and then it hits and pushes and just perfect. And then it downsides the backside of the oh. other jump. <laughs> yeah. It was the sickest thing. It was on Colbert, though. Who like was it that? was on the you know late yeah. night shows. What and driver all that was stuff. that? His or, name is Leo Donnell. What trucks he drive? Uh, he drives VP Mad Scientist, which is not a it's a retired truck now. Okay. But, uh, wow. After that flip, that was it. Yeah, oh, that was Magnus. Yeah. He did it on purpose, he said. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he started saying that. He landed yeah. like, Well, that was cool. Yeah, like, you didn't right. know what's going on. <laughs> Glad you guys like that. Been, tr- yeah. been practicing. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Do that. Yeah. So, okay. So, what's the coolest trick, or what's the trick you want to land that you haven't yet? You, have you worked mm. on anything, or do you think that you're trying uh, to? Apparently, now the front flip. After you know, yeah, we've discussed I think you all should this try it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess we got to do that. But no, I mean, I, I'd say that's the that's the. Um, I mean, that's the oh, not the golden goose, but the white unicorn. Yeah, yeah that's the that's the hit. the ace for uh, golf. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. And what's crazy is that a backflip is just part of the event anymore because 10 years ago, it was not, yeah. No one was doing backflips. So that's what's so, it's amazing how much innovation and stuff has happened in the sport. It's hard to keep up with as a driver. And that's every sport. Like, like just think NBA, the things these guys are doing now, like 20 years ago, there's no way these guys doing, like, the state, the way they're jumping out of the gym and Mm -hmm. they're, I mean, they're doing dunks that, MJ did in dunk competition in the middle of the game. Yeah. Uh, people weren't doing that, you know? So it's crazy, like, 
I don't know. I think you, the evolution of the building of the jumps has came a long way too. That's I'm true. sure the to physics, help, physics to help yeah, to that's necessitate true. trying to get backflips and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. back, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it's not. There's no monster truck drivers going out there saying, "I'm doing a backflip." That's tonight. true. Yeah. yeah. And now <laughs> it's like that's that's the standard. Well, the first backflip, I think it was after, off of a bus stack, maybe. So I can't remember. I think it was a bus stack. It might have been a little bit of dirt. And then we went to dumpsters. So they would stack two dumpsters. Yep. Well, the dumpsters, once you hit one, it kind of breaks the wall down. Yeah. And so that every other driver, it's like hitting a little bit of a soft dumpster. Now they're trench boxes. So when you're going down the highway and you see all the yep. road construction, the big trench boxes and stuff yep. like that, that's what we're hitting. And those don't move. No. Those are metal cool. the, walls. The company I, I work for, we, we used to be a trench company. So yeah, oh, we, yeah. Those, yeah. Those, those things are... They're stout. Yeah, they're oh, stout. Well, yeah. And they're heavy. Try backflipping a, a vehicle <laughs> off of one. <laughs> yeah. The first time I ever did, I, I hit it way too hard and just didn't know it was going to hit that hard. And so as soon There's as no it, give. Oh, none at all. And so I over-rotated <laughs> the truck and, you know, I don't know what – I didn't hurt myself, but I definitely hurt the truck. So, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. a learning curve. And it does get better, but that's because now all of a sudden the, the container's more – um, consistent and right. and as a driver, that's what you do want is once you adjust to that, you fi- yeah, you can go out and do it anyway. Take some variables out, you can yeah. you can learn how to do some stuff. That's the, right. The other impressive piece I find about Monster Jam, which people don't think about, is building the arena mm. and taking it down, mm. and the amount of time that it takes. It's unreal how fast they do that. Yeah, and the amount of dirt they truck in. I mean, it's thousands yeah. of yards or hundreds of yards, hundreds of, of truckloads. Yeah, yeah, and I that's crazy how fast they do it if i'm not mistaken it's like 24 hours yeah. or something like that yeah, yeah. it's usually about 24 hours to set it all up and uh we've had it where they, we had a saturday night event they had a, sun, a different like a sunday concert done the next day so like we're out before they're setting up for the concert for a day wow later. but yeah it's uh that's crazy yeah and a lot of people think that like we take the dirt you know like you said there's i mean some of these venues we're putting 300 truckloads of dirt down so we're not taking that from city that's to city. just all logistics they gotta work out within yeah, the, the venue's got to work on that's that, right? It, well, uh, Monster Jam, you know, that's a good question. I'm pretty sure Monster Jam sets all that stuff up, but it's okay. all, you know, we're, we're here in Houston. It's Houston dirt. Right. So when we go to wherever, I think we're in St. Louis next weekend. It's obviously St. Louis dirt. Some of the some of these venues, we get the dirt from the parking lot. Like it's, you know, <laughs> Texan fans might be parking on it most of the year. Yeah. Uh, I don't think any of the dirt's a parking lot here, but you get the point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it just lives there. I, I bet Monster Jam owns more dirt, though, than any other company. In terms of just they uh, all these different cities they do Monster Jam events in, there's somewhere near every one of those venues where there's hundreds of dumps, dump trucks full of dirt that Monster Jam owns. That if it's not Monster Jam, it might be the rodeo or supercross the rest of the year. Rodeo's got much dirt. Yeah. yeah. So what do you what do you guys do for training when you're off from Monster Jam? Like do you, do they have a spot for y'all to go? Like the Monster University? Is there something y'all do for like continue? Yeah, I did a lot more of that my first couple years okay. driving, and they're trying to ramp that back up, though. So just this past summit, which is kind of our training time to get everyone get together, and yep. they tell us all the rules again and stuff like that. They've really just said, look, we want you guys to go up and train and try and new trucks. Let's innovate. What else can we come up with? And we're yeah. all like, daggone it, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What else can we do? I was, you know, uh, we, we didn't think we'd get this far. But, um, but, but yeah, we're going to start ramping a lot of that back up, I, I, from what I understand. Yeah, I was curious right, how you where do you I mean the only way to train, I guess, is when you're competing. Yeah. Because you can't just take those trucks out and 
I try to in the woods. And yeah, you're either a, you're either a hero or a zero in front of forty five thousand people. Yeah, and that's what that's what we need to do is have a more controlled environment where we can try all this different stuff. But yeah, right now, if I want to go try, I'm going to try something tomorrow night and just see because I tried it last weekend and I didn't get it in front of forty five thousand people. I'll just I'll get it this time though. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the nitro cyclers got. At least they have like big foam pits they can land in. Yeah. You get the Monster trucks ain't like you got spare ones to go tr- no. practice in, Mm-mm. and then you look really stupid when you get it wrong. You know, it's yeah. like if I got, like I said, if I don't get it, like that one fell flat. Like, oh, boo! You know, <laughs> yeah, they're probably booing hey, you. So <clears throat> obviously, you didn't have a mohawk before, did you? No. So that was just part of the mm-hmm. part of the whole deal. Not not part the, of the contract, thankfully. But yeah. it was the fans. The fan base was like adamant that I. They don't like it. Like my mohawk is not tall enough for. The oh, and you, yeah. So, but part of that was because the driver who really created Mohawk Warrior and was Mohawk Warrior, his name was George Bellhan, and he had a huge mohawk. Yes. So the guy right before me, you know, really set the mohawk standard. He had a monster mohawk. A monster mohawk, and he's <laughs> and obviously I've not lived up to it. So anyway, but it's a good mohawk. Though. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> that. I think I actually have a picture of of him. Do you? And yeah. He had a tall mohawk. Yeah, he used Funny. to have a nice black couch on his in his pit party. So yes, he'd sit like I'm sitting right here. Yep, and Monster Energy Girls or VP Racing, like all uh, it was just like a setup, you know. Yeah, and then we took it like real corporate and real clean cut yeah. and all that stuff. And <laughs> yeah. I really just wish. I mean, I don't need the girls and stuff around. I need the I need the couch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. If I could chill on the couch for four hours, that'd be good. So t- take us through a day, like so. You come into town today, mm-hmm. like, th- what's the weekend like for Monster Jam for you? Like, what's all the obligations you have before yeah. and then before you race? And what is that like? Yeah, so Thursday's usually our travel day. I, I'll, I'll uh, head in like yesterday. I arrived here in Houston. And uh, we used to do media stuff all Friday morning and a lot of news stations and stuff like that. Uh, then we'll have our driver's meeting. They'll talk about the week before and our plan for this weekend as far as just, you know, even just intro order. How do we hit the floor and who are you following and all that stuff. Uh, and we'll practice after that. So that's usually just one race pass. And it's kind of like a truck uh, shakedown pass just to make sure everything's working right. Uh, because especially after everything that happened the weekend before, you kind of want to go into yeah. make yeah. sure everything actually is working correctly. Um, and so that's what we'll do. And so you know, I think today we wrapped all that stuff up about 2.30 or 3 o'clock. And then here I am. But, yeah, and then Saturday – Saturday, we've got a long pit party. It takes, uh, there's an early access pit party. It's an hour. And then the full pit party is two and a half, th- I think it's three hours. So we're out there for about four hours inter- interacting with fans and gate. That is the most tiring, but most rewarding part yeah, right. of what I do. Yeah, sure. So mentally, it's a lot. Yeah. Sure. And then we go out and drive <laughs> at the event and, um, and do that for usually our, our events take about two hours, 15 minutes, two and a half hours. And then we like this weekend, since we've got a Sunday event, we'll reset it all and do it all over again Sunday. You ever you ever wear a whoop or like a, a polar when you ride to see what your heart rate and stuff like that? No, I that? haven't. We've had those on drivers though. I've seen what that what, yeah. that what that's like. Yeah, it's very intense. Uh, there, there's a couple of the uh, a couple of the ratings that they did not have a high enough scale for. <laughs> wow, I can so, only imagine, uh, yeah. <laughs> dude. Not much, not as much like uh, pressure and stuff, but G forces. Yeah, yeah. It's probably not safe. It's it, well, here's what. Here, but think about this. Think about the data though that they get. We really got the the best of the best comes to us because they get real data on crashes all the time. So the the safety equipment guys love us. Yeah. In fact, the biggest safety equipment uh, company out there, Simpson Racing. Uh, the guy that was the main guy building all the stuff, he left Simpson. Now he's working for Monster Jam. 
and he's the guy. Like if I've got an issue with my seat or something like that, I'm he's calling. Just, he's like the safety director, yeah. kind of like he really, yeah, and he knows it. He came from that world because you know NASCAR they might have a couple crashes on the race as a whole, but they're not really getting enough data for each driver. Right. So it's not just a new equipment that all the drivers use. It's like how can Bryce Kenny get his seat more comfortable for himself and Ergon- like ergonomic every, stuff. Yeah. So everything is so form fitted, everything like that to <clears throat> keep us as safe as we can. What, what type of G forces are y'all put into? I don't know. Um, actually I do know. However, I, I, it's not that I've signed an NDA about it, but they are so protective over that stuff. Uh, all the G force stuff, and there is a difference between sustained G's and spiked G's. Yeah, yeah. Sustained G is anything over a second. So you talk about the space shuttle and all the top fuel drag racing. You yeah, there we were pulling eight G's in the top fuel car. Um, that's a sustained <laughs> oh, G, though, right? A sustained G is a lot different than a spiked G. It right? is. Yeah. Yes. Woo! Yeah. A spike G is is just like anything under a second, really. So yeah, I mean the NFL, right? The two guys hit hit helmets that's a spike g yeah okay okay uh, but that so those numbers can go really high. those are the dangerous the yeah. really, those, really yeah dangerous the abrupt ones. stuff yeah. yeah yes wow but uh yeah it's a, probably geez, a lot he's in top drag <laughs> yeah yeah it was very violent we need to look that up later it's got to be songs <laughs> what, what, what? <laughs> the, the spike g's I, that's interesting <laughs> yes it's interesting to know well even if you just look up maybe spike g's of of a of NFL players and stuff, but I'm telling you, because of everything, everyone's so hush hush yeah. about it with with every sport. Right? Well, it's because the CTE exactly. and, and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Um, but I don't. It's so interesting though, because like I'm all about innovation, but I'm really truly not worried being in a Monster Jam truck about safety right. or pain or any of that stuff. Like we're sore. My dad's a chiropractor. Magnus was talking about chiropractic. He needs. <laughs> he's, a, he's a car wrecker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but as soon as I get home, like dad's, you know, my mom is like the cheerleader. Is like, yeah, did you kill Grave Digger this weekend? I'm like, no, he beat me or something. Yeah, yeah. My dad is like, I got fourth, yeah, best yeah, jump yeah. of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't even close, mom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then my dad's the one that's texting me like, son, I saw that crash this weekend. Can you come in for an adjustment? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dad, mom's like, do more. Yeah, you're right. Lay <laughs> it out there. Yeah. But it's crazy that that's my life. Honestly, when I when I sit back, sometimes I think like this is my career. It's so cool and so much fun. I'm so grateful for just being in the situation I'm in. Yeah. So you married, got kids. Yep, three kids. Yeah, three kids. Eight, six, and two. Mm. I, go, I keep going home. There's another one that shows up. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so your wife's name McKenzie. I got a daughter named yeah. McKenzie. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. M A C K or M C K. M C M C K. That's how she spells it. Yeah. It's yep. Rare to find. Yeah, man. It's yeah. Funny, yeah. Uh, three kids, yes, that's a lot. She's dealing with a lot where you're, yeah. So, but you come home, you're on Monday through Thursday, I guess, yeah, right? I guess I didn't finish that part, but yeah, I mean, if we've got a Sunday event, we fly home Monday, so whatever the day is after our last event, yeah. And uh, uh, but yeah, we'll get back on Monday, and then I'm a zombie usually because we, I don't know why what? we're so adamant about taking these 5 a.m. flights out to get home. Might I think well. it's just because we've been you ready to get home, I get, but that sucks. <laughs> then I need a whole day to recover. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, the older I get, the worse what, it gets. What's it like after the race to calm down? Like, is it are you pretty amped up for a yes. while after? Yeah, I cannot sleep. Like that. So with the 5 a.m. flight, I'll have to, you know, get to the Houston airport like 3 a.m. Monday morning. I, I probably won't go to bed much. Maybe an hour or two of sleep. Yeah. But, yeah, to your point, you can't hardly relax. You just Let's did say you're just... backflips and 35 feet with a stadium full of people screaming. It's like yeah. 
how do you do how do you come down from that i don't know that's crazy on these <laughs> on these two day events i was gonna ask earlier and then I, I lost track because i got all excited um <laughs> so on two day events so you so you're racing saturday and sunday yeah what if you break saturday the, the man the monster jam technicians work all night they figure it out back, yeah get it back together and they they have yeah there's only been one time that we haven't gotten the truck back the next day in my career in eight years. And I'm sure it's happened a lot in monster jam, but like in my, yeah, we've always, they've always been able to piece it all back together. So do they, do they bring extra motor? I'm assuming mm-hmm. the frame and everything's going to be the same. That'll yep. roll with the truck the whole time. And then yeah, motors, transmission, you throw a rod, they're going to have another motor behind. That's exactly right. Okay. And uh, shocks and all the, you know, housings and everything with the axles. They've got every bit of that. We got a whole trailer that's just full of parts. That's crazy. So you're, you're number three in points right now. So mm-hmm. what is that? How long does the season last? And what does it do? Uh, is there a payout based on rankings? Is that how uh, they do not that? Not for Monster. So there's, there's Monster Jam drivers and there's independent-owned trucks. And the independents are hired in by Monster Jam. So this weekend there's six Monster Jam felled IP trucks with like great clips, Mohawk warrior being one of them. Um, and then there's six others that are independently owned. The independents do run for extra, an extra purse. The company drivers don't. So our season will go from now till, um, I think we, I think our world finals is in May. I think our last weekend is in April. So we've got the next four months to accumulate as many points as we can. And then what happens if you win the point? You, should, you win like the cup or something. Yeah, like that. that's okay. right. Yeah, big okay. trophy and that's and it. And then you guys no get bonuses. paid based on like you get a salary for Monster Jam for racing that kind of that. Yeah, that works. some drivers are salaried and then some drivers are just paid by the weekend. Oh, okay. So yeah, okay. and all of them negotiate different stuff. Yeah, okay. Them. I was curious yeah. how that was. Okay, so there's no like purse you win because no. you're a Monster Jam. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How- there's really no incentive <laughs> to you know beat your head against the wall and do it. But it's it's all just for it really is. It may sound cliche, but it's just all for the fans. Yeah. You just you want to go out there and just make them remember yeah, your truck awesome. and you and what you did and that moment. You know that can you just get that wow moment for the fans to always remember? Yeah. Hey, before we go into the, uh, I got some other stuff we're gonna talk about. We'll get into. Uh, we're gonna do a quick segment with our first. We're we gonna do a quick quick segment with you with our sponsor, Good Ranchers. Mm-hmm. We have a segment we do each week with uh, ourselves and guests called "What's Your Beef?" Because Good Ranchers they supply meat from a uh, locally sourced United States ranches. So we last asked somebody like, "What? So what's your beef, man?" Like, so it could be what's about been, your what's been ticking you off. What's your it's off in lately. your profession? It could be all kind of stuff. I mean, I'll, just I'll tell you what's been ticking me off lately. Okay, this. <laughs> We've talked a lot about Gravedigger, okay. and uh, <laughs> you know I'm 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 starting to beef with with Dale and Vaughn here this yeah. year. I, I think you guys are secretly <laughs> Gravedigger fans, uh-huh. and, and the second the the, the A one sauce on that beef, if I will, is the fact that he has been kicking my butt lately. Oh, <laughs> you know, they want so, that beef. yeah. So I'm sitting here just getting a quick remembrance that uh, you know Tyler Meninga has got my number. Right oh, now. Gravedigger. Hey. Was busy today. He was. I'm glad. I'm glad you showed up in his place. Gosh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, always great to be on the Dale Not Dale podcast. Hey, that's a great beef. We're, we're here to take you down. Yeah, we don't want to get you too, too big of a head yeah. being a guest. You know, yeah. like uh, I appreciate that guy. Yeah, we had a bump. Oh, we had a bump men, men of the people. He's was, on. He's on Rogan anyway. Yeah, that's a great beef. That's like, a good one. I like that one. I like that one. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about more you. Okay, so uh, when I first started talking to you, you had your book coming out. Yeah. 
And so just from talking to you, like, I, I know that this is your passion, what you're doing, but you're, I think, I think your real passion for your next step in life is yeah. motivational speaking, like the corporate stuff you're talking about. And, uh, I mean, writing books. I mean, so yeah. I, I kind of talk about that. I know Vaughn will have stuff on that, but I, I told you I got that book geared for life mm-hmm. that you wrote. Uh, so yeah, what, what's next for you, man? What's, what's the things that. Well, first of all, I feel so weird, like saying I wrote a book. Cause aren't you supposed to be, you know. 75 years old with like old a, white hair, like a ton of wisdom <laughs> and life experience. And so I, I had no plans to write a book and my brother was the one that kept saying like, dude, you've got to get this stuff down on paper. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, I will one day. And I didn't even know where to start. Like I said, I had no plans to ever write one anyway, honestly, but I do love speaking. I yeah. love speaking to doing a lot of corporate events. I've been doing a lot of uh, church events too, which have, has kind of surprised me. Not that, not that I can't go and speak at churches, but they, they really want a guy with a mohawk, you know, with a little bit of an intense job and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So that, that, well, they know God's around you in that truck. Yes, they do. <laughs> I, I'm definitely surrounded by very good elements. Um, and so, but the, the corporate stuff, I've done a ton of that with great clips and stuff. So anyway, but uh, I finally looked at my brother and I said, where would I even start? And he helped me kind of with that mind mapping exercise with the, you know, it looks like a spider web, you know, mm-hmm. main, main thought, main idea, and you kind of just scatter it yeah. out. And uh, that helped me all of a sudden before I knew it. And I still have this sheet of paper. I was like, I've got the, all my chapters, you know, subjects. I've got all the, all the material. Now I just have to focus on each one of these subsections. Um, and I just started writing, you know, a paragraph about each bubble that I kind of worked off of each sub idea. And before I knew it, I was like, I've got 40,000 words written here. Wow. There you go. And uh, I, I, uh, it took the, I, I wrote the whole book in two weeks. Wow. I did think, though, I feel like I've rewritten it four times. <laughs> yeah, the, the writing part, they say, is the easy. It's, yes. the, it's the going back and saying, I should have put this in yes. there. Let me, let me do this. Let me do this. When uh, I got yeah. great editors, too, that came back and said, look, here's a couple things you need to think about. First of all, first off, I had no Monster Jam stories in it. Um, and the reason was is because I just didn't really quite understand and know like how to navigate through that stuff. Um, and then finally, uh, like after talking to attorneys and, and stuff like that, I was like, I, it's, it, they're my stories. Like it's not, yeah, you're Monster not jam branded stuff. Right. But, um, and so I, I went back and I added more like stories from the road and stuff like that when ever since I was driving for monster jam. Um, and, and, but the, I had one of the editors, he said, Bryce, don't ever talk about a point. Don't ever make a point without telling where you learned it. He said, because it'll sound like you're preaching at people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So always explain and tell the story about how you learned that point. And that changed so much for me. It took the pressure off of me. So instead of it, you won't read Geared for Life and feel like I'm pointing my finger at you like, you need to do more. You need to be better. You'll see why. Yeah, at least it. Yeah. Bring it back to you. Yes. And so, uh, and then also I had really good editors that would come back and say, hey, this story is just a little bit weak. You know, can you, do you have a different story? Do you have a story about this and that? Um, and then lastly, they helped me with my theme. So the first theme was like a live like warriors. That's my, that's the name of my, my, uh, nonprofit. Yeah. yeah. And I would do a lot of stuff with pediatric cancer. And I was like, let's, let's write a book and we'll call it live like warriors. Like they're the warrior codes, like these seven foundational beliefs that really drive my life. And then the more we looked at that, I said, you know what these really are. And it was actually a totally different discussion, not even with my editor. Cause so always, everyone always says like, what problem are you trying to solve and why are you qualified to solve it? And a, and a lot of us can't really answer that question very clearly. It's hard. And even if you ask that question to someone about their job, like it's not always the easiest question to ask. I had been wrestling with that question for three years and I finally got it though. Um, I, I said, I'm not the guy that would say, 
how can I become an Olympic gold medalist? Like what commitment do I need to have to run at that level? I don't know. I'm still I'm 36 years old. I'm, I'm figuring out life. Like I'm, I'm still in my process of my own Olympic gold medal, you know, yeah. of what I'm trying to accomplish. And so I'm not that guy cause I'm still living that. But what I am is I have become an expert at always shifting gears and shifting into the right gear at the right time. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's always about leveraging one thing into the next. Mm-hmm. And I rarely have gotten stuck in life over the last 18 years. <clears throat> I, 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 it's not something where I look back and go, Oh man. Yeah. At 22, you know, when I, when I got out of top field drag racing and my dream was dead, right. I didn't just like curl up in the corner and yeah. suck my thumb. Yeah. I, I was like, okay, how do I do this and create that into this next opportunity? And I found a totally different gear in my career and in my life. And so that's what gear for life's all about. It's all about, you know, my seven foundational beliefs and what I call my gears are things like being purpose driven. That's not rocket science, but it is hard some for a lot of yeah. people to figure out their purpose. I actually don't think it's near as hard to find your purpose. And I talk about that in my book. I think you'll get to the end of the chapter and, you know, have a, a, a fresh perspective on how to figure out what your purpose is. Um, and gears like being built for others. Like there's times when I'm out there and I'm trying to accomplish what is good for me, and you know, get my name up in lights and all that stuff that's tied kind of not really that my purpose is to get my name up in lights, but you get it like being, right. a, I'm, I'm great close Mohawk warrior. I'm trying to win. I'm trying to win a series point yeah, championship. Well, you, take, and, you take pride in what you're doing. I yeah. mean, that's a big part of it. And some days that's that those days go to crap. Right. Yeah. They're not good days. And those days I've had to purposefully make the decision to shift out of that gear and into my built for others gear where I'm like, okay, that's not working, but I'm gonna get my eyes off myself and go help somebody right now. You yeah. serve. Yeah. And it's boom. And you're into that gear. And so those seven <coughs> gears, I think by the time someone gets to the end of it, they'll steal some of my gears. Mm-hmm. Right. They'll be like, I do believe that, you know, but I also think they will probably uncover some of their own. And if I, if I have a book that serves that purpose for somebody, Man, that's worth everything to me. It's worth all the headache, all the investment to make all that stuff work. So, yeah, that's cool. It's awesome. You like Liver King? Yeah, <laughs> a, a little the less yeah. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. Yeah. So, two weeks you wrote the book. Golly, yeah. that's a uh, man. You were driven to do it. Well, it's COVID. Right? Okay, it's COVID year. Okay, and all of a sudden, you know, what? What do you do? I was on the road two weeks straight for a bunch of great clip stuff. I was in hotels. And uh, I did, I remember seeing something on, someone put on LinkedIn that year, earlier that year when everything started shutting down. And someone made this post about how, you know, books will be written during this uh, shutdown and, you know, the next great album will be, you know, put yep. out or something. And and for whatever reason, that stuck in my crawl. Yeah. And I was like, man, this is a, that was a very uh, a scary time for us. It's live events. You know, we were the first group to come back and do live events, by the way. Oh, really? Jam was. Wow. Yeah, we were the ones that came up with the pod seating. Uh, we did it. The first event back was the Cowboys Stadium. The Cowboys kept all of our uh, zip ties for the pods, and their first game back, it was the same pod setup as Monster Jam because it worked. Oh, right? wow. That's so cool. we came back with the first one, but but that was still a year and a half. So you think about, um, you think about um, uh, just trying to – piece together a book or that next great work or it was basically like it slowed me down long enough to say what do i want yeah. this is a bad situation how do i literally find my next gear here mm-hmm. how do i take advantage of be productive the time? during this time yeah yeah, yeah. and so not waste it so when's your album drop yeah yeah oh man you guys I, i'm such a bad singer it's so we get all the tune. it's so bad. my wife is too she sings all the time covid covid blew she up sings, taylor swift sings, yeah oh yeah that's true <laughs> The only reason she's famous. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Travis Kelsey made her famous. Golly. 
that's that's hilarious. Uh, so motiv- your motivational stuff. So mm-hmm. I guess that's just been a part of what you like to do. What yeah. is that the same thing? You kind of you kind of go and talk about these these gears yep. that you've kind of discovered as your deal. Is that's what you go speak on? Yeah, I do. I, I love it too. And what, what's cool is this keynote that I've been giving. I take all this footage from uh, on board the truck is showing how you, the four steps to a backflip. And uh, I, I incorporate that into how, you know, into should, with life. Uh, what's that? Magnus should have tried that the other Come day. Come on, Magnus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's what it is. It's goal, execute, adjust, and reward. And basically it's like, you know, what the, whatever that target is, whenever I turn the corner, I'm facing that, that the backflip obstacle, I'll pick a spot as small as a quarter on it. And that's what I focus on all the way in, right? Um, and then as soon as uh, – uh, as soon as the front tires touch that dumpster, you got to go full throttle, right? Full throttle, full commit to get that truck to start to rotate. When you're upside down, it's so disorienting. And when you see the footage that I show, it's like, oh my gosh, that's what it looks like in the driver's seat when you're upside down. Because you think about it, like the, the fans go upside down. That's the first thing I see. Then oh, all of uh, a sudden I see the, the, the stadium lights, right? And then all of a sudden I'm upside down and I'm looking for the dirt to come back into my my. Uh, uh, peripheral, not only peripherals, but through my windshield, right? I'm trying to see the dirt again. Yeah, yeah. And then that's when I hit the brake and try to slow the rotation of the truck down to land it. And, and the, re- and the <laughs> reward part, the last, the R of gear is the reward. It's like, take the time long enough to see everyone going crazy over the good stuff yeah, yeah. and like celebrate, embrace the wins. it. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Celebrate the win. Oh, cool. So that, and, and obviously you know how that, that attributes uh, to life. It's like, what are you focusing on? Do are you really fully committed to it? And what does that, what does that look like? Cause I think the, I think it's, I think a, a half commitment is the most dangerous thing you could ever do in life. Yeah. The most dangerous. It's the most dangerous thing I could do in Monster Jam. Is a half commitment. You half commit to a backflip. That's that could be right. definitely dangerous. Exactly. Dangerous. Yeah. I've, there, I've seen. I've watched next. We've gotten broken and stuff like that because of that stuff. It's oh. like you've got to fully commit uh, to the backflip and then the uh, adjust. Like, hey, it's never going to go as you planned. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do when you're upside down? Got to pivot. Yeah, the truck twists and does something weird. Like you, you're in fight or flight mode. Choose to fight through it. And then again. Once you get the goal and accomplish it and get to where you're trying to go, like take a minute to celebrate the good stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I love cool. I love doing talks like that just because I see the light bulbs go off on, on people's eyes. I don't, you know, maybe contrary to what people might think, because I don't know if I've been long winded on this uh, podcast or not. But you guys are asking really good questions. Oh, you're, so good. you're good. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> no, you've, been, you've been totally fine. Oh yeah, we love it. <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I, it's not that I like hearing the sound of my voice. I promise. It's that I love seeing the the light bulbs go off and people st- finally believe again. Like, oh, maybe I've got what it takes. I may not have all the answers and all the solutions, but I can absolutely find my next gear. And yeah. if we can just get people just back into motion, a lot of people, man, they've been stuck in first gear since. You know, they were in their 20s. They've been doing that for 45 years. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Time to shift. You know, let's find second. Yeah. And if you're 65, it doesn't mean you're done, right? If right. you're 65 years old, like, let's help you. You're in fifth gear. You've been in fifth gear for a long time, too. You still, even, you still have a sixth gear. Let's help you find what's next. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. How many so, gears you got? I've got seven. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I just make sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Reverse count? <laughs> yeah. No. No, okay. that's a good question. Yeah, no. I don't know what reverse would be. <laughs> yeah, Vaughn's a big rear view mirror kind of guy, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, shit. That's what <laughs> Sometimes you just want to go back. <laughs> don't mess that up. Let me go back real quick. Yeah, that's that's the that's my next keynote. Reverse, yeah. Yeah, just say, I got to ask this once. And no, there's no reverse. Right. <laughs> 
doesn't count. Got any Vaughn one time asked me the stupidest <laughs> question. <Yeah. laughs> hey man, sometimes you, need a, sometimes you need a redo, you know? Oh man. That's, that's a, gonna be a real that's hilarious. That's so awesome. I mean, obviously you do a lot of speaking with I mean, they got plenty of employees to talk to a great clip. So yeah. it's been a good talk about getting your reps in. I mean Yes. Yeah. And a lot of corporate training and stuff like we'll do team videos, but the keynotes are really picking up. And uh, that's what's kind of been there for a while is holding everything at bay for a little bit because I just wasn't wanting to necessarily do that at scale and going and doing conferences and marketing conferences and stuff. That's what's picking up. So now all of a sudden I've been uh, speaking with a lot of speaking bureaus, right? And people that book speakers yep. and stuff and the same guys that are you know, representing Tim Tebow and Michael Strahan, like those kind of guys, like I was on the phone with them today. So I don't know how all this is really going to unfold, but if I did, you know, if I did 10 to 15 speaking engagements while I'm great close Mohawk warrior driver too, like that's great. And then whenever I'm done with monster jam, like, yeah, I'd love to be able to kind of scale that up. And if I do, you know, 25, 30 talks a year, then, you know, that that's, that's perfect. I'll still get to make that corporate impact that I'm passionate about. Yeah. Well, like I said, you'll definitely have a – and you're going to have a bunch of cool stories to, to throw upon as well. Yeah. That's neat. Well, it's so funny too because if you write a book, like people think – for whatever reason, that's like a rite of passage for speaking. It doesn't mean – it doesn't well, even gotta, have to be good. Some, you got to have something to sell. It doesn't yeah. even have to be good though. It's like, oh, he's a published author. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but what if the book sucks? <laughs> I mean, look, at, look at Charles Schultz. I mean he had a movie out of a – Yeah. Out of a, yeah. We need a, uh, a Geared for Life movie starring Vaughn. Dude. There you go. Vaughn, there you go. Yeah. We kind of look alike. It's maybe. a silent ain't, film. Ain't yeah. no reverse. Ain't no reverse. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, dude, so, that's that's wild. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, so how does that? So I've actually seen Tim Tebow. He came to Houston one time mm. uh, after his. It was after his uh, career was football was done. I mm. think he came to a big church. And we, me and my brother-in-law was. I was a big Tim Tebow fan in college, yeah. man. I, I loved it. So he was, he was cool to see in person, man. Mm. That guy, he's captivating. Was he? What, what was your experience with him as a speaker? Because sometimes, sometimes he'll put up all these. I don't know him. But I watch all the stuff too. Yes, what he says is so good. Sometimes he's so soft spoken on his, his his clips. I've always said, man, I wonder what he's like in person. No, for I, forty minutes. I, I did. I, I we left like we loved him already. Yeah. So uh, I thought it was great, but no, I, I thought it was really good. I mean, yeah. he, had a, he had a whole thing. He had like a couple couple uh, like clean comics that opened up, mm. and did this. so it was, a, it was a kind of a whole show, which was neat. Then he came out, and man, it was just. It was crazy. Powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good, man. I, I mean, the guy's influential for sure. Did, was there anything you remembered about it? Like, is there something sticky man, about it? it? Or just so, what, how it made you feel? Yeah, it, yeah, it's been so long now. but Because uh, there's guys that are genuine. But, he, he, but he's a genuine, like, yeah. I, you believe it yeah. with him. You believe the way he was raised, and you don't believe he's just a, a Christian selling something. Yep. Like you really feel like he does try to live like Jesus, man. Like mm-hmm. I, I think that's just how he raised and how he was. And so for him, I think it's believable, which yeah. like that's what I like about it. Mm-hmm. And the guy, one, he's has cool experiences to talk about as well. I mean, like I said, you got some cool experience to talk about. That helps because you can hit a, a broad range of, you know, you might get to hit a gearhead dad that, doesn't go to church much, and he goes and sees yeah. you speak. You're like, oh man, I I can relate to this guy because seen him race before. You yeah, know? it's just something that simple. Well, and you think about you think about just you know someone out there listening right now at, at going into their job or something like that. It's like we do the same thing for work. It's not about speaking either. It's like you, you sometimes think, well, I'm not qualified to speak or I'm not qualified to write a book. 
man, people follow passion and yeah. people follow genuine engagement. And my life changed when I just said, I'm going to be the passion guy. I'm going to be the passionate individual. And I'm just going to, you know, allow my intensity to drive me towards what I want to do. And just, man, I've always had people that have supported me because of that. And I just think people, man, I think passion is way more powerful than knowledge. And uh, it doesn't take away from knowledge. It doesn't take away from wisdom. Like, I want my life experience to be You can feel passion for people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if someone wants to, you know, find their next gear at their job, like, man, find, yes, find your purpose. But that's actually, uh, that's actually my, that's why I, I talk about that in my purpose uh, chapter, like finding your purpose and like finding your purpose gear. It's like, if you, if you, you almost have to work it backwards sometimes. It's like, okay, if the end goal is, is purpose, uh, the, the, the one step behind before that is passion, right? What are you actually passionate about? Like what gets you riled up? Yeah. Yeah. Now the older I'm getting, the more people I'm meeting where they're like, man, I haven't been genuinely passionate about anything for 15 years. And I'm like, okay, well, what were you passionate about 15 years ago? Like I'll go back as far as I have to go. Cause I've never met a human being that's never been passionate before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I say, okay, if your passion was X, then the step right behind that is how can we equip you in that passion? That's it. If you equip your passion, I promise you will find your purpose. It's just people don't want to slow down long enough to reignite their passion because they had to give up on it years back and it was hurtful. It was painful Mm -hmm. to let go. They remember that feeling. Yes. They don't want to go back and experience that again. And it's like, that's fine, but then don't, you know, that's the way back to your purpose your purpose was probably tied somehow to that passion we just have to go back and say if your passion is welding like how can we make you the best welder ever and i promise then doing that like you'll become like you'll find your purpose now all of a sudden you're you're welding stuff and sending it to children's hospitals like you'll i promise you'll find your purpose yeah yeah. Yeah. or something like that yeah i'm kidding i need to find my passion your passion is podcasting clearly that's gotta be and monster jam gotta be. i see it in your eyes <laughs> i'm telling you man i love monster jam <laughs> yeah. i didn't know this about him man. i know i i Dude. absolutely love uh, monster jam he loves yeah. it i mean it's just like one of those euphoric <laughs> thing i mean it is euphoric yeah. experience and it's just the carnage and everything about it it's like everything that i'm not is yeah. in that truck man that's an interesting <laughs> perspective on yeah. Yeah. he's yeah. dead yeah yeah he's the brains of the operation do here. you have a favorite uh tom anderson no, Well, first of all, it's Dennis Anderson uh, and then Tom uh, Mims, I'm sorry, so I'm thinking of Tom. You meant, you meant Tom I'm thinking, Arnold. I'm, I'm thinking Dennis Anderson. Uh, I just like that you combine Gravedigger and Max man. D, arch enemies. <laughs> Dude. By accident. I, that was my bad. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I really don't. I'm always like an it, – it's always situational too because yeah. you, go to you, you go to these monster jams and I'm always like an underdog guy, mm-hmm. like that guy. Like t- today's the day. And it changes every time. I can't say that I've ever bought any kind of Monster Jam, you know, gear or anything like that where I'm yeah. like, yeah, this is my favorite driver, my favorite truck. I mean, Gravedigger is the popular one. Yeah. I mean, they, they kind of put Monster Jam on the map yes. for, the, for the most part, but I don't necessarily have um, – I don't necessarily have a favorite. But we all had a Bigfoot toy growing up, you yeah. know? I mean, for freestyle, for freestyle, Max D's got to be everybody's favorite. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. he, what he does is absolutely unreal. I'm getting yeah. goosebumps thinking about it. My man. <laughs> Are you coming this weekend? <laughs> Do we? Ah, I can't. Come on, Vaughn. We're, we're going to get... Uh, I think it's time for me to drive. I agree. Clearly, you're ready. Dude, I mean, I'm ready. Just yes. give him the four gears and he's got There it. we go. Okay. <laughs> 
Is, hey, it, is it only four gears now? We'll put a, we'll put a quarter out there. <laughs> We're going to put a quarter out there to yeah. look at. Just try, hit you're going to find your gear, I'll man. I'll figure it out. Goal, goal executed, just reward. There you go. Let's that's, go. That's, that's, that's what it is. But no, it's, yeah. Monster Truck to me has always been, that, that's been my thing. Yeah. Um, I am a big fan of, um, you know, the funny cars and things like that. Used, yeah. to, used to be real big into it, and then it's just kind of, now that I'm an adult in the corporate America, I don't have time to watch it. So, mm. um, but yeah. We had another we had another guest on here that was big and motivational. If he was getting motivational speaking, uh, Austin Eckler. I don't know if you're watching football. Yeah, he's the Chargers running. He's the Chargers running back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but man, he was one of those guys. He's like same way. This dude's got passion. Man, mm-hmm. he's just you could tell when he had him on. Like I think Bond took a clip of that. Played his sales team, mm-hmm. but like his passion for like you could see why he became one of the top running backs in the league. Mm. Not because he's the biggest guy, fastest guy, but how he worked. And so him talking about motivational speaking, that's what he's getting into. Same way, like he's he's really found his thing. He's like, man, I know what I'm doing at football. Like, yeah. It's this. I mean, yeah. it, and it's just one of those things like he gets you riled up. Oh, he got me mm. riled up. I wanted to go drive monster trucks. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> talking to you, I want to go play football. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Yeah, he's a great. Yeah, mission accomplished. I think. Yeah. And get my hair cut. Yeah, there. All right. You got mohawk hair over there, Vaughn? No, dude, I'm working. I'm working on. Oh, that is good mohawk hair. We're gonna get Magnus a mohawk. He's been growing it out. Yeah, growing think, out just for this podcast. I love it. We'll do it. We'll do it right here. Yeah, he's got to know. Yeah. So, second book. You start working on second book yet? No. No, I got. Is that I, is that I, in the? I, it's in my head. Okay. Yeah, but not. Uh, yeah, not anywhere close to getting down on paper. One thing we are wanting to do, though, um, I guess technically this could be the second book, but it's turning it into a journal. And I've journaled in my life, but not like a heavy journal kind of a thing. But uh, I, one of the things that we've been doing with this book, though, is sending it to a lot of hospitals, mm-hmm. and families are checking it out of their libraries like crazy. Oh, cool. So I've been donating a ton of this to stuff. Well, I sent, because I do so much stuff in uh, in the pediatric cancer world, um, all, these families are wanting the book. And so I was like, why don't I put together like a warrior bundle, right? And I'll, so I want the I want the uh, Geared for Life book in there, and I'm going to put a journal in there. And it doesn't have to be a Geared for Life journal, uh, but like a warrior journal because like uh, my, my – and the reason why it's so close to my heart is because my niece went through it. Okay. So I was in the room when they came in and said, hey, it's cancer, and watch my sister-in-law fall apart. <laughs> and uh, and I've never experienced it as a father, so I don't want to equ- you know, e- you know, uh, equate the two necessarily. Right. But like I watched it and I felt it and all of that. I, I went. I was as close as you could be without it actually being my own kid. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and thankfully I always like to give the end of the story. Like she's a seventh grader. That's, you know, doesn't remember any of it. Cause she was two years old when it all happened oh, alive, well running nice. and chasing boys and doing all those things. But I, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Magnus. <laughs> Magnus, go pick yourself. <laughs> you picking on me. <laughs> Get yourself together. Put Mary. your shirt on. <laughs> Oh, but uh, but because of that experience, like I I, I kind of know what the families need and what they want. Yeah, so you've I, seen it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's what we do. We do a lot of crowdfunding for needs and stuff like that. But this bundle, I want to put a little diecast truck in there and gift cards because that was a thing that was so helpful, like DoorDash gift cards and yeah, you know, uh, I know all the meal chains and stuff like that are really yeah, big. What do you of- do? Like if you made lasagna, you what do you do? You take it to the house and you knock on the front door like no like I, you know i like telling people hey that if you're in the middle of it put a cool put two coolers out there one blue one red one for hot food one for cold food that way when people come and get your meal train right they 
they'll know, like put the hot food right. in the red cooler. Little things like that, because everyone wants to help. All yeah. of us want to help. When we hear about real needs, we just don't always know how. Where, right? yeah. And we don't know where, right? We don't always know where the real needs are. Uh, so I want to help empower other people too. Like, look, this is how you just heard that a neighbor is going through this. Like these are actual real steps on how to help that family. And then like, if we can get more warrior bundles to them, great. That's great too. Just, you know, trying to find ways to use the book for something beyond what, you know, I'm I'm certainly, I certainly didn't do all this and write the book and invest the money and do all this stuff with my publisher to, you know, to sell books. I'm not a book salesman. I I want to leave the earth better than I found it when I'm going. Yeah. That's awesome. So I want to sell books. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's, fair. <laughs> That's your purpose. Money, man. Hey, money's money's my purpose. <laughs> As long as you know it. Yeah. I mean, there we go. I can be a good person at the same time, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, so I read you grew up playing, like you're a soccer player in college, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Division One soccer. Where'd Little you kid. play? Campbell University. So I always say Division One because no one's heard of Campbell. He was a Campbell soup model. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no commercial. Campbell soup. Mm-hmm. I was a Campbell soup kid. What was the hungry, not hungry, what was the Campbell, like the hearty? You know, it was a big football player. You're talking about the thick and Donovan Neb. Thick yeah. and chunky. This is a thick and hardy. Thick and hardy. Yeah. Thick and hardy. Thick and hardy. That was good. Yeah, Donovan McNabb yeah. and his mom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'd go for some of that. So right Camp, now. Where's, where's Campbell University? Uh, North Carolina. Okay. So yeah, we were kind of you know he called a I called a second tier Division One, but anyway, I, I was probably not good enough to play Division One. Even though I did play, I ended up getting hurt my sophomore year. But uh, I had some you know good moments though. My freshman and sophomore year, we took out uh, my first start ever. The starting goalkeeper got in trouble, broke all these team rules. And so I got to play. And the first game playing was number three in the country, uh, Chapel Hill, UNC. Okay. And so, uh, but we ended up beating them one, nothing. So I had a shutout and all this stuff. I had like 13. Oh, saves. Wow. Uh, so that was a, that was a really kind of a, just a cool moment, but it was short lived uh, just two years out of four. So you're a goalie. Oh, yep. wow. So you're, yeah. you're, that was your position always mm-hmm. as a goalie. Yeah. That that's a that's a I hear that's the hardest position on this on the soccer field. Honestly, I just did it. I I, I became a goalie because we were you know I was probably what ten and we kept losing. So it was like because no one wanted to go in goal. Yeah. It's the least soccer position ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, well, crap, guys. If no one wants to go play in the goal, like, we're going to lose. You yeah. Know? So, of course, what, is, what do I do? I go get in the goal. And I became a goalie, probably yeah. because of that. But I, I was always very intense, and goalkeepers are all just weird anyway. They're intense people. Yes. And they have the least amount of cardio. That's true. <laughs> Except for me. I was I was never the guy willing to run at the back. I was always like, we're not going to – we're going to end all these uh, stigmas for goalies and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> one goalie at a time. Yeah, so yeah, one goalie at a time. But yeah, it was fun, great experience. One, you know, one state championships in high school and stuff, and played a little Division One soccer, and um, um, it was a good learning experience for sure. So I don't know that I found a gear in one of those, but I'm sure. Yeah, we've well, been. You've done all kind of stuff, though. I mean, like I said, it's just yeah, the soccer drag racer, yeah, monster truck guy. Yeah, you got a really, <laughs> really weird, cool life. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's yeah. you're all over the place. Thank you, Vaughn. How many gears? 
<laughs> How many gears? We're gonna cut the cool part out. You got a weird life. <laughs> and me just staring at him. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean that's awesome. I mean, it's cool. You got you got to experience a lot. I can tell you, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I really wouldn't. And it's fun too watching my kids start. Like they're just now getting old enough where they're kind of realizing that dad's life is weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sure you guys see it with the show stuff too. Because yeah. how are the the girls? on the show there they'll be nine nieces. in april nine mm-hmm. so that's kind of now they're almost like okay our life is not normal yeah yeah they they know that they're they're on tv and they yeah. people know who they are and it's they still like they're like why are the people staring at us you know they yeah or why they want to take a picture with us you know they understand it now because when they were little they just didn't yeah what is tv yeah like, to them it doesn't why would tv be, be a big deal like yeah. we're watching bluey and Peppa Pig. And yeah. Then out daughtered. Yeah. And they're watching yeah. themselves, which yeah. is funny. You know, it's, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's funny when my kids, it's our life. Watch It's our nieces and my nieces and their cousins and yeah. our family and our kids watch it like from their favorite shows. I'm like, dude, it's our life. You know, yeah. it's just funny that they get to watch your document life. You know? Well, and I think that's where my eight year old is at right now. And there, cause there for a while, my daughter was asking me to, to stop monster jam because it was just, you know, it was dad's gone a lot and all that. And, uh, and so she came to me and I want to say that was, maybe that was just right after the COVID year. So she would have been about six, I think. And, uh, and anyway, um, I just told her, I was like, look, honey, like this is my dream, but I want you to know, like, it's not more important than you. Like I would same thing kind of what I talked about earlier with my wife. Like I would give up everything for my kids, but also what my eight year old wants right now, you know, is not going to dictate the, like the future of our family. Right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, it'll be taken into consideration. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, you know, at six years old, like I, I just tried to like walk her through that. Anyway, here she was eight or she's eight now. She's almost nine. And I asked her not that long ago, it was a couple months back, um, because she was acting weird. Or I went to go pick her up from school. That's what it was. And I was wearing a hat. She said, why did you wear a hat to, to come get me? I was like, I don't, babe, I don't know. What are you talking? I said, I just, I like it when you have your mohawk up. And I'm like, well, why, why would you care if I got my mohawk? And I finally looked at her and I said, do you like it when I get recognized? You're full time show and tell. Yes. <laughs> and she's like, Yeah, I like it when people it's a flex. Know you're yeah. Yeah. And I said, Oh, and so then that actually led into the discussion. That was convenient yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, now, now, wait a year. You like almost gave it all up for yeah. two years ago. You know? uh, but no, it's, and, you know, I, then I got to have that conversation with her. I said, well, What if I didn't do Monster Jam anymore? And she's like, No, no, no. I, I like you being. Uh, Mohawk warrior. She and she said she was like I. She said I didn't used to like it because you're gone, and I still don't like that you're gone as much as you but are. But she gets it. But I get it. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, I mean, so what is? Is there an off season? Yes. What? How many? How many months is that? And what does that look? It's like? almost six months. So before we kicked off our season last weekend, it was uh, I drove in November one weekend. Before that, I I had not driven the truck since July. Wow. So we, I mean, we get a lot of weekends off, but the thing about monster jam as a sport is it, there really is not an off season. It switches after our world finals in May. Mm -hmm. So, but June is, you know, there's still some stadium shows and some summer shows, but I tell you one of the things, man, monster jam, uh, internationally has exploded. I was going to ask you about that. Have you done, yes. yeah, have you done that? No, no, because all the Great Clips stuff is all North America. It, so we it would stay, translate. Yeah, we yeah. stay right here in the States and in Canada. I mean, they've done Monster Jam in, I believe, in Australia. Yes. Yeah. Oh, they'll, wow. they, they do like a three, four-week tour over there. Um, Beijing, right? The Bird's Nest, that was big yeah. in the Olympics, all that stuff. They just got back from Dubai. They built a stadium in the middle of the <laughs> desert and did a That's gigantic so money, Monster dude. Jam event. <laughs> And uh, yeah, they, they, they that'd just be cool totally, to do there. Yeah, they were, I think they were in twenty countries. Uh, that was right before COVID. I haven't heard the country list 
since COVID. But yeah, it, we were doing 400 events in 20 countries. Yeah. I, I'm, I, how do they get, I would assume they just ship the trucks over yeah. on a boat. Cargo. Yeah. yeah. Cargo uh, boxes. Yeah. Or boxes. What am I thinking? Well, look at their tires float. This is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I figured. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they take the big giant tires off and they have small tractor tires and they, they fit one truck in per shipping container. And there, I'm sure it's changed because of inflation. But uh, uh, every time you would move one of those shipping containers, it was ten grand. And yeah. it, it didn't matter if it went a mile or on the other side of the the, oh, really? the world. It was ten grand. So they were taking. I want to. I think it was ten trucks. I don't think it was twelve. I think it was ten. They were they were taking ten trucks around. So just to pick the the you know the the, the containers up to move them anywhere was a hundred grand just before they even did anything. That wasn't any part of the event damage truck getting drivers there and crew nothing uh so yeah but the, but they they've got it down to a science i think they're going to start doing two international tours this year because there's how that's how much demand there is overseas dang yeah. that's i would love to go to australia and watch monster jam man i don't know why cool. I, would, I think it'd be different down under yeah <laughs> louder Probably, yeah. The wheels, the wheels go. The wheels go, the wheels go the opposite way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> reverse. Yeah. There's your reverse gear. There you, there you go. They only do front flips down there. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's been the coolest place? Where's, like, what's your favorite venue to to perform at? Probably Glendale. I think we were talking about the yep. size of the floors that earlier. Was... Glendale's so big. Okay. It's so much fun. Uh, Vegas as a city is great. I, I don't. I'm not a big like. I'm not. I'm not a partier and things like that. I don't like going to Vegas for Vegas. Uh, but still, the vibe of Vegas, like it's so cool to go in there, drive Monster Jam trucks for the yeah, weekend, yeah. and like experience it and have fun, and then fly back home. Yeah. Uh, but that's a lot of fun. And then I also I love visiting California because I could never live there. Uh, and again, it's nice flying in. This outside of the world from you. You're paying forty five dollars for a burrito or something, and yeah. then getting on a plane and flying home. Like yeah. that's okay. So, but yeah, but as far as the venue go, I, I bet the, uh, I bet the Glendale, the Cardinals stadium is probably the biggest. So that's the most fun. What's your go-to thing to eat on the road, man? Nachos. Oh, I read man. that. I was, I was curious. I am a nacho guy. Really? Oh yeah. What kind? What, now here's fair? the problem. I mean, I love nachos. Oh, well, yeah. Where were we last night? It was brisket and it was okay. Where'd you go? I can't remember the name of it. It's a Houston Papacitos? Oh, no, no, I gotta get Papacitos here. I can't remember. I won't even remember. It was they were okay. They weren't worth even if I remembered it. I probably wouldn't even give them a shout out because it was. Oh, no, don't do it. No free shout out. I guarantee to you, as a chain restaurant, and you, yeah. you got duped. Yeah, yeah. Here's, here's the. Should've, I should have told you where to go. Where? where <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying we would. I would have gave you a good spot where? where you're staying. Well, I got a couple of days here. Left, where are you right? staying at? What, I don't know. What part of town? <laughs> oh, downtown. You're legitimately yes. down downtown, yeah, so you're yeah. by NRG. I want to say it's re- residence in or something like that. Oh man, remember. you're uh, you got so much stuff, so much stuff down there. Depends on what time. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Okay, yeah. we got a lot of stuff. But the you. weird part about this nacho thing is that I don't eat them with my hands. I eat them with a fork. Oh, you're one of those. Now guys. this is like anti-American. We're not this, com- we're not communists. <laughs> this here. is the only anti-American thing about me because I love our country and all of our amendments <laughs> and everything that we won't have to get into. However, I love them. So uh, very patriotic. Anyway, uh, eat pizza with a fork. No, what no, about no, a burrito? It's not that bad. <laughs> what about a burrito? No, no, no. It's not that bad. <laughs> but it's just comfortable. It's I will eat them with. A, I will eat the nachos with my hands if if I had to. But it's just it makes so much sense. I get all the toppings right on the fork, and I put it on the chip, and then I've got this little technique with the prongs. It, it, you just get the slide chip, it in. yeah, and then you just balance it and you eat the whole chip. It's, okay, so you're getting more toppings. That's your passion. As I'm passionate about it, so now I'm <laughs> yeah. going to equip that passion and find my purpose. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> 
My purpose is nachos yeah. in my mouth. Now I'm going to be watch it turn into like I'm the nacho uh, food critic there you on go. TikTok. Yeah. Jokes on all you guys. The, the, the keynote <laughs> stuff doesn't work out. The book never sells. Monster <laughs> Jam fires me, but I'm a nacho critic. He puts, yeah. he puts the F word nacho. Fork. <laughs> nacho guy. Yeah, we got to find you a nice uh, TikTok handle. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Keith so, Lee. You know Keith Lee, the guy that, that made it huge on doing food critic stuff. He's like, I'm going to tell you guys about this egg roll and eat it and give you a score. Yeah. Like, you know that <laughs> yeah. guy? Okay. I, I, I'm sure I've seen him. Okay. Never mind then. So, yeah. No. I think I'm trying to, th- there's so many of them out there now that I don't, I'm trying to, yeah. I know the name, but I can't remember yeah, the face. Yeah. He, he, he got a huge following from all that. I'll just copy his style. And just do it. Do yeah. That's yeah. what I would do. You got a mohawk. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And it, yeah. It's, am I the first guy with a mohawk on Dale yeah. Not Dale? We had a girl with a mm-hmm. mohawk on. We were the first guy. Yeah. No. yeah. No. Oh. First guy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's like a, it's like one of those things that if it was true, you'd be like, "Am I offended by that?" I don't know. I don't know. I don't Maybe know. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Shoes nice. How do you yeah. feel about adults riding jet skis? What's wrong with that? I was. Jo- I seen. Oh. You, I seen your. I wrote. I wrote. Oh. I read that thing on Monster Jam. It's talking about your favorite thing to do is ride jet skis. Oh yeah. <laughs> what is it? What is it? Everyone's like, you know, money can't buy happiness. It's like, yeah, but it can buy a jet ski. There you go. And like, yeah. Right. I never yeah, not I, had a smile on my face on a jet ski. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> How could you be not happy riding a jet ski? I I used to love jet skis back in the day. Yeah, I was a big jet ski guy. Man. And now, now it's my eight, and my six year old. You know, they love it too. So yeah, I mean, it's how's the water over there in North Carolina? The, the beach are cool. Are you East Coast? Uh, I think they're like Texas, where they're not like pretty beaches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got some. I mean, you got Myrtle Beach. That's like the most famous in North Carolina. But like, I don't even go to Myrtle Beach. It's like too dangerous. Really, <laughs> so, Myrtle Beach is yeah. yeah. Other than the everybody thinks the golf courses. Mm. Oh, that's go, true. Go right away off the golf courses, and you're not in the nicest no. spot. Really? So we always do a beach trip though, and then uh, we're right in the middle of the state. So that's that's what's so cool about North Carolina is you got everything. You know, we're mountains are two and a half hours to my west where I live, and the beaches. Two and a half hours to my east, like yeah. that's perfect. Well, so yeah, I've never been to North Carolina. Yeah, got some friends just moved there actually, from, moved back there. Yeah, from there. I don't know North that Carolina. North Carolina. I, I love it because I grew up there, but like, there's nothing either that's keeping me in North Carolina. Okay, you know? yeah. it's just I don't know. I don't know where else I would want to live. Texas is great, man. I do love Texas. I mean, we're minus Austin. We're cut, 25 cut minutes out. away from the beach, and mm-hmm. we're only 13 hours away from the mountains. <laughs> 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 You're sold. Sold. <laughs> Old geography there. Yeah. yeah. We got a shirt that says that. <laughs> so what is your what does your merch look like? I haven't, seen, I haven't looked it up. Like what kind of merch do you have something with Mohawk? Do y'all they sell? did uh man, they did have like a skull cap with a Mohawk. Oh, on sweet. It. I have not seen our merch though for this year. Okay. I don't think last year or last weekend, I don't think they had much of my my merchandise there. Well that's BS. You telling me, bud? You would think I could, you know, got the hookup with merch. And um, when I want a diecast truck of the Mohawk Warrior truck, I go to Walmart and I buy it off the shelf. Like, come on, that's. I just backflipped this thing for you guys last weekend. Send me a couple of trucks. Tough crowd. Good kid. Tough crowd. Um, yeah, it is tough. Mm-hmm. Do you wear your own merch though? Uh, yeah, I guess. Like, if you go to the grocery store, oh no, no. There is something so pretentious about. Would you that tell us me. if you actually did though? Yeah, okay. yeah. I bear. I'll, yeah. I'll once. I'll every once in a while I'll wear like a jacket with my my logo on it or something, Monster Jam or something. But that's about it. That's a you know big stretch for me. So when you get done racing, mm-hmm. can't sleep at night. What do you do? You watching shows? Yes. You watching? 
Netflix. Netflix, yeah. It, it's a it's a, it's the worst thing. If I could change anything about myself, it would be that I wouldn't need TV shows to fall asleep. But that's what it is. It's like at some point I can't shut my mind off. Yeah, and then I'll just stay up till two a.m. just thinking and going and, and doing all the stuff. But uh, shows will help me. What's your favorite show? Favorite show is The Office. What a great show. Oh, great show. I love The Office. Um, Breaking Bad is another. Breaking Bad was awesome, line. man. That that thing. Oh, I almost ruined, Breaking Bad almost ruined my life. Did it? <laughs> it I talked about that. I've talked about this before, but yeah. every time I talk about, it, I gave you more passion. Man, golly, you start cooking math, dude. Golly, I, some blue ice. Yeah, I start to finished Breaking Bad in forty eight hours. What? Yeah. Start to finish. That is not good. Hours. That's healthy. No sleep. No. Oh no, there was no sleep, and Just, it was in Columbus, Ohio. Like. I'm not here to say that's the armpit of America because Reno's <laughs> second to that. But uh, yeah, we got Columbus, two armpits. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. true. But uh, that's what I did. Columbus, Ohio, Breaking Bad. Wow, great show. Better Call Saul. Great. Yeah, I, did, I never got. Oh, into I didn't one. get into it, that I, one as much. I, it, it was good, but it wasn't as. Breaking good. Bad just had such great Man. everything. Why, why do you think Breaking Bad was so phenomenal for you? It, it, I don't even. I wish I knew. It was just the. My passion was cooking drugs, so... There you go. Equipped it. Yeah. <laughs> Equipped it. If, if, if you think about the premise of the show... Yeah. And I'm a big, is this, could this happen in real life? Yep. Think about mm. the plot of the story. You know, his daughter, his... It, it was it was him. He had cancer. He had cancer. He's a school teacher. He's obviously intelligent about, you know, mastering of, of physics and chemistry. It's plausible. Yeah. And then everything in that show becomes more and more plausible of like if you if you go down the storyline of it, and I'm like, this could be like real life. And in yeah. New Mexico, they didn't pick Connecticut. Because you mm. know people in Connecticut are going to do that all day. Mm. New Mexico? <laughs> I mean, this is realistic. Yeah. So that's what that's what I loved about it. But the casting was so great, too. So good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I really liked about it. It was just, a, yeah. Me and my wife started because we had, we, we got to it late. Like, this was like. During COVID year, I think yeah. we like we start watching like man, this looks really outdated and old. Like that first couple seasons, uh-huh. like it's shot like it in the nineties, yeah. And so, uh, but yeah, great show. Well, I think the I think the character development is the best I've ever seen, and and like every character, if you go back and think about it. You love that character, and then you start and you hate hating him. that yeah. character, and then you love him again, and yep. then you hate that character, and you do it with every single character. I've never seen like usually there's the main character. Yeah, Ozark is like that, that too, way. though. Ozark, That's true. They they did. You kind of you went through those phases, yeah. like you had all the emotions with those characters. Yeah, it's like with Breaking Bad, even Jesse Pinkman. Like how yeah. many times do you love him, then yeah. hate him, then love him, then hate <laughs> Mr. White? He's yeah, yeah, such, li- <laughs> such a liability. Yeah, science. <laughs> yeah, science. Yeah, science. He kind of looked like Jesse White. Oh, do I? <laughs> Jesse White? Jesse Pinkman? Pink, yeah, Pinkman. Not, as long as you didn't say uh, Mr. White, then I'm okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> you look like Jesco White. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she had Mohawk. Uh, yeah, well, that's funny. I've I, 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 I read the little bio thing on you. That's why I was kind of seeing. I see yeah. stuff that said about you did a lot of Netflix. But I'm sure when you got... You got no family around. You're in a hotel. What else do you do? I mean, yeah. Well, I, honestly, it's it's rare that I ever sit in the hotel doing really? nothing. Yeah. Um, I'm even, saying it's late night, though. I'm saying that's even like tonight. I I know a bunch of us are probably end up at like Little Woodrose or something like that. Yeah. Yep. We always hit there. That one's cool. That's cool spot. They just they just built one over here in oh, our area. Mm-hmm. It's got a good vibe to it. My, that's a cool place. The, the <laughs> grave digger driver though, he was talking about uh, turtle racing. Oh my! They favorite? did it. Yeah. So, but apparently, it's not tonight. 
Oh, okay. Anyway, but Turtle Racing, yeah, there is that. Yeah. Gravedigger Driver, he's my favorite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Said We've hi. said that. God, hey, Vaughn. Dude, hey, he's hey, the worst, man. <laughs> I really do. I'm really, I'm, I'm totally kidding. He's really not my, just kidding. Really not my I don't even can't remember his name. <laughs> Tom Arnold. Yeah, <laughs> Tom Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Anderson. Tom. I work with a Tom Anderson. That's why, oh, that's why I said go. Tom Anderson. Yeah. See, I didn't even know his name, so. He's yeah. your favorite. He's a driver for the company. That's why he's a favorite driver. Yeah, he is. Delivery driver. But he's good. Good. Oh, dude. I bet he's awesome. He front flips. Yeah, we need to get the next. We need to get the other segment in. Oh yeah. Um, so other one we have is uh, our sponsor, Pretty Boy. Mm. Uh, pretty Boy. Pretty Boy. They. Uh, we have another segment that we call unsolicited advice. Mm. So, would you have any advice to anybody that would be unsolicited? Mm. About what subject? Give me a subject, and I'll go off of whatever. It. Whatever you would like. So, I'm ooh, to think I got it. Okay, done. <laughs> be so good they can't ignore you i i'm a fan i'm a fan i like that i like it see they're gonna steal the tagline now pretty boy's oh. gonna steal the tagline be so good they can't ignore that's you. our new merch shirt we're gonna just put dale vaughn we're gonna right? <laughs> we're, we're gonna put that on the website by the by the time you're out at yeah. the end of the street yeah that's gonna be on our we'll website. see you we'll see you come with diecast cars for yeah, the for appreciate it. It. yeah. <laughs> of great of great of grave digger yeah <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I man. I can't wait to come back on the show. Vaughn's ultimate troll, dude. <laughs> dude that's, you can't, that's, yeah, you set yourself up for it. I do. He's not even my favorite. Yeah. You're my favorite. Yeah, whatever you want to tell yourself. You're my favorite. You're your favorite. Whatever you want to tell yourself. You're my favorite. Yourself. I was going to come tomorrow, but I got to watch the Texans. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. We almost did have our event canceled, though, because they since they, they won. They, they could have yeah. potentially had a home mm-hmm. game. Yeah, and I think they really wanted to practice indoors. That was the other thing. But anyway. but we're here, baby. Yeah. Monster Jam's here to stay. That's awesome. Have you had events canceled in the past due to? Yeah, Houston. Really? Yeah. yeah that's a, 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 I almost missed, missed the. We're uh, very flaky. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was during the big ice storm here, though. Okay. And, uh, well, that's, that was yeah, safety. That was safety, the though. birth of my child. Uh, after they postponed it Sunday, they pushed it to the following weekend. That big because of the big ice storm, and then we couldn't get out flights to get home, and the you know days kept getting canceled, canceled, canceled. I think this was in twenty what was it twenty twenty one that big ice storm yeah. hit, and then all of a sudden it was uh, uh, they finally I think the mayor came in and said we're canceling it, you can't do anything, you know Monster Jam, you're out. And then as soon as I got that, I got my flight all figured out for Thursday morning to go home. Got home. Went uh, finally by the skin of our teeth because other drivers uh, got a rental car and drove 25 hours to get home back Whoa. to their – they're on the coast of North Carolina. And I was like, I'm going to chance it. I'm just going to get on this plane in the morning. And uh, got home, walked in, fell asleep on the couch. My wife, two hours after I walked into the door – in the door, woke me up, and she was going into labor. So I almost <laughs> had the mayor not canceled everything. You'd have to quit Monster Jam. Yeah, I would have missed the birth of my kid. Like, <laughs> yeah. That would have been terrible. She had to pull that card. Yeah, exactly. You're done. Yeah. You didn't try to tell her to go back to sleep and just sleep it off a little? So I did. Get, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. That's what I would have done. I really did. I said, babe, this couch is comfortable. Yeah. 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 You curl you curl on the, curl up on this thing like a cat right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah don't. You'll love it. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> that's, fun. that's funny. So, yeah, yeah, that's the only time I've experienced a canceled event. But very rarely does it ever get canceled. Okay. So. I was just curious because, you know, especially playoffs, you never know. Yep. I mean, if you guys are – doing around that time. I don't know if they just weren't thinking the Texans would make the playoffs, and that's why all this even got scheduled to begin with. We all knew they were going to make it. but We figured we we wouldn't have home field advantage. (laughs) We didn't. 
<laughs> I so I live in North Carolina, so I have to. I'm the Carolina Panthers, and so I have not watched a. Well, you you well, haven't have, watched any football games for years because the you, Panthers are so bad. You didn't miss anything this year. They were like two and. Oh, I know. 15. That's what I'm saying. I can't bring myself to. Hey, they did beat the Texans. They did. No way. Did, yeah. That was the one of the two. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> They did that because you almost missed your birth of your child. Yeah, yeah. thank you, thank you, Houston. Yeah, <laughs> sacrifice. That was that was the uh, that was a consolation prize from Sylvester Turner, our mayor. Mm. It's like sorry about last time. Yeah. Here you go. We'll let the Texans lose. That's nice of Turner. Yeah, he so got canceled too. So what's your one. what's your next thing to be for us? Everybody, look out for for you, man. What's the, what's the next thing you gonna be? Uh, I think uh, I think watching where this platform goes for sure. I mean, I think it's been so fun. For first of all, feel free to pick up a copy of Geared for Life. Yeah, uh, I know you got your copy. Didn't I got. You? I haven't have read you it yet. read it yet? No, no, no that's okay. I know. I, I, I just I just put an one. office in my house, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna read this yeah. because I do. Yeah, especially after talking about it, you talking about it, I, yeah. I definitely want to read it. But yeah, I did. I did buy one. So good. That, hey, that's. Well, I'd say that's a third of the battle. The other third is starting it, and the other third is finishing yeah. it. Because I, I don't remember what the stats are of of how many you know how many people start a book and don't read through the end. And that was the other thing I told my publisher. I was like, uh, like, look, I said, our my favorite chapters are the last three chapters of the book. I'll start there. And so I'm like, if if eighty percent of people don't you know finish a whole book when they sit down or when they read it. Like we're saving the best of the last, and he was like, "No, it's not the best of the last. It's just your favorite, anyway." So we kept it that way because the flow of the book worked. But, uh, but also it's on Audible too. I've, I've learned a lot. I, I, so I voiced over I'm, the book, or oh, I read did? it on oh, Audible, cool. um, and that was kind of a learning experience too. But man, I just want people to just be part of the 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 movement. I yeah. really have. I, I feel almost led to to lead this movement of people that can do more than they thought they could do, and so. Honestly, yes, buy the book. I, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't say go buy a yeah. copy of Geared for Life. But uh, also my my nonprofit, Live Like Warriors, man, we've done everything from like, I mean, we find out this family needed a sectional. like, And we raised, of course, 1500 bucks in an hour, and we get it all set up to where those sectionals getting delivered. Um, and, you know, that that very family, like one year later, because they said they, they needed the sectional because when they were home from the hospital, they wanted to be together and snuggle up on the couch. And so we were like, well, we, that broke our heart. They were actually looking for a hand-me-down. They weren't even asking anyone right. to buy them anything. We we're like, no, we'll get, we're going to buy this family a sectional. And that little boy ended up passing away about a year after God. we were able to give him the sectional. And like, what, what, what it was, was like, does the family remember much of, I guarantee they remember much of uh, like who gave it to him, but that, none of that is important at all. It lifted up everyone that gave 10 bucks, 15 bucks, all of a sudden we raised it almost instantaneously they followed along with uh, Ozzy's story. I was a little boy that that passed, and they saw like we actually helped this family like be together for yeah. a year, and it made them feel good. And what that should translate into is not oh look at this made me feel good. Let me chase this feeling. It's if that helped them, then my neighbor right might need something. It's mm-hmm. going to feel good to help other people, and maybe they need a fifteen dollar gas card next month. Like my neighbor, right? So, like right. being able to see more needs is gonna make more people feel more needs. And so, I've seen that. We've done everything from a fifteen hundred dollars sectional to a twenty thousand dollars car, right? Yeah. We we all of a sudden we there was this family that was Ubering two hours one way to treatment in New York, <sighs> and so I put it out there. I was just thinking, like, I don't know how we'll get this vehicle, but someone's kid just came home from college or went off to college. They don't want neither car. They can donate it to my nonprofit. Is my mindset, and I'm like, we're gonna get them this car. And uh, Chris Angel, 
Right. Oh, yeah. He, my freak. Yeah. He, he, te- he I, I've met him through some of this monster <clears throat> stuff. He saw my post. He texted me right away and goes, dude, don't get them a crappy car. I'll send you 20 grand. Just go get them something like reliable and good. And cause his son's been through two bouts now. Oh, of wow. cancer. And so he's got a big fan of it. anyway. So like little things like that, everything That's from a awesome. little sectional to a $20,000 car. And like, it's, we've just, we just are doing all kinds of those things. So, you know, follow the move, like be a part of this. It's yeah. live like warriors.com. And I've got a warrior chain and that's what, it, that's where I start when I've got a need. I send them. It's like the bat signal that goes out in the sky. I send it out to my warrior chain. I'm like, Hey, if anyone wants to give can give, if you want to write the kid a letter, do that. But let's, there's a real need. It's not coming to me, right? A hundred percent. Or all we're doing is crowdfunding for this thing. Um, and be a part of it. And it's really amazing to watch this, like the swell of people get off the bench and get into the game and realize, man, my, I can actually impact people yeah. and do more than I thought I could do. And it's contagious. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah, no, that's awesome. You know, for me, I haven't had any anything that's, that's been that close to me to where, uh, like, to find somewhere to give towards. I have I have in the past few years for my sister-in-law's place. Uh, she's part of that uh, hand-to-hold. Mm. It's like, they, they supply families with kids in NICU. Yeah, same kind of thing. Like helping families, like yes. with costs, and there's all Gift these costs. cards even too. I mean, I know there's medical bills, there's all, all kind of stuff. Well. Yeah, but yeah. it's like it's like hotel stay. It's like all that stuff that really you don't think about. Yes, that's what they do, which is kind of similar. But like I said, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, hey, is there anything that I get, I work on or do some stuff next, I'll definitely help out. And yeah, go towards your stuff, man. and because you know, well, you know where it's going with yeah. that hand. The hand is a handhold, hand to hold, hand to hold. Yep. Um, and you know where it's going, so you feel like I'd give money to some if I knew where it was going. The problem is there's so many nonprofits. I know. Well, you anymore. hear all these, yeah. yes. you hear these stories, man. What was it the Susan G. Komen Foundation? I think it was that you found out that 10 percent of donations was going to the actual yeah. research. Like, it's dude, crazy, that's unacceptable. Dude. These Red, guys got Red million Cross. dollar salaries. Yes, that is unacceptable. So I think just society has lost trust. I know, in I know. Well, money. they have it, yeah. because all this stuff is public record now. Yeah. It comes out. You're like, oh man, that's a. You feel like you've been duped. Yep. Thinking you're helping somebody out, you're just paying somebody's salary. That's right. Yeah. I, I mean, I pay taxes. I don't know where any of that goes. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hey, don't get back. It's all round up, dude. He, he's a patriot. He gets mad, dude. He'll pull his musket out in a second. Right. Let's go. He gets pissed. <laughs> Let's go. Old bold black powder Magnus. <laughs> What a good nickname, though. <laughs> like, it could have a couple different yeah. you know, things that come to mind. Yeah. I'm not he's, really sure. Like, is he a It was white powder, man. Yeah. Uh, he's got a rough uh, patch. He, he's got a powdered wig. <laughs> Leave me out of this. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, but no, man. Hey, Juan, we've had a great time with you. I'm, I'm glad that uh, we were able to do this in person. Yeah. Juan, to really... I, I mean, I didn't know Vaughn was going to pick me that much, yeah. but... You know, I'm I, didn't, him. I didn't know. I didn't know who that much. I learned a lot about Vaughn. I know he's a big Monster Jam guy. Yeah. Like, he's huge. The big guy loves it. Look, I love it. You're you're going to talk about it after Sunday as I much know. as Vaughn has now. Dude, so we're going to break I'll, you in. Too, I'll be buddy. ready. And you haven't gone. No, you haven't no. lived. No. I've, never, I've only Come been on, Vaughn. I've, I've I've only, that's going to be my new merch. There, there right you go. There. I've you only gone. You haven't lived. I've only been to the little like the little monster truck stuff. Are I say little, but the small venue. That's right. Like it's just like, and I was a kid, you know. So, which was awesome then, but. I haven't experienced like this. So what do you want me to do Sunday? Like what what do you what do I gotta make sure I do other than a front flip? Uh a double front. A double <laughs> Uh you know, I, I don't a I double no, back has been done, right? Kind of. 
I have no expectations except for seeing a good show, man. What if it's just like if I do a backflip, then it's like a make high your, five in you from the make your yeah yeah there, okay. there, you, there you go there you go all right there you go yeah. I can't wait to crash on the first jump accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that would suck. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. High five. Yeah. No, I, 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 I don't know what to expect except for I've heard it's very loud and it's very cool. That's all yeah. I know. Assault on the senses, man. That's no, what it, that's what it is. That's good. That's, it, no like earmuffs. Don't don't earmuff it. Don't. I mean, it might be healthy, and I get all that <laughs> stuff, but no, dude. If it was any loud like that NASCAR event where my it was just nauseating, it, it's not that loud. Okay, it's not that loud. This this monster trucks you can feel in your core more than yeah. you can in your ears. Really? Okay. It, with your kids, have have like earplugs or something just for them in case they. Yeah. How old are your kids? Thirteen and eleven. They they might be okay. Honestly, they did quiet them down several years they ago. They did put mufflers on them and stuff. It's still really loud. Yeah. Um. But I don't think I don't think you'll be covering your ears okay. or anything like that. But they quieted them down. Yeah, but if you were there three years ago, it's still loud. No, that's it's what I always tell people. It's like bring earplugs, yeah. bring your earphones. But you honestly, I don't think, especially in the te- in uh, NRG, I don't. I might be totally wrong, you know, but. It's it's not uncomfortable to listen to. Like you're saying, you're saying it was nauseating in NASCAR. It's cars are going. It was loud. It's not like that. No, that 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 was too much. It was, and and it's bunch of stacked together. So it's just and their their pedals on the gas or their foots on the gas the whole time. We were in between. uh, Was that little area? That little alley? They had two, so it's just echoing into it. It made it even louder. So monster trucks at least feather the throttle. NASCAR, they really don't. Okay. Yeah, but it, no, it won't be nauseating or uncomfortable. Yeah. So no, man, I, I'm excited for it. Uh, like I said, we, we appreciate you coming in. We had a good time, man. This yeah. is absolutely, it's been fun, man. Yes, thank you very much. Have you, you have you done any other podcasts before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like podcasts. As you can tell, I mean, I'm not a short winded guy, but if I got to put a nice little button hook on something that's 30 seconds long, I can do it. But I'd rather just talk. Uh, well, that's a, I feel yeah. bad being on podcasts though because I don't get to ask as many questions, like to grill you guys. Yeah. It's kind of you know. I mean, you could if I'm on, you can grill me. I mean, I'm honest. Me. But uh, we we've got a little Monster Jam podcast that I do, and uh, some uh, cool. of the drivers do, and stuff like that. So, but but I'm always the one that's asking all the questions, and then I get off the. The podcast with him, I'm like, you guys got to ask me something yeah. every once in a while. Yeah. This, isn't, this isn't me interviewing you guys either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. But yeah. So, but I appreciate you guys having me on a lot, and uh, yeah, we'll see if Dale actually reads the book. And see I'm going to read it. Actually, cheers for Mohawk. Send me, you, I'm hey, going to. I'm going to read it, and you're going to send me like a quiz. I'll, yes, I'll do it. <laughs> Perfect. There's 12 <laughs> gears. I already know. Don't forget. Don't forget reverse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, uh, no, thank you again. We but yeah, man, I enjoyed it. This has been fun. Uh, so make sure y'all go check out his nonprofit, which is Live Like Warriors, and then go buy his book, Gear for Life, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, get you some merch, man. Yeah, Let's hook you up. There you go. Go buy a Dak Dac- ass car of the uh, Great Clips Mohawk Warrior. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> it's a lot of words. <laughs> that is a lot. You telling me? Yeah. yeah. It's a long uh, email handle. It's <laughs> <laughs> mouthful. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, man. Thanks again, Bryce, coming in. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Magnus, you got anything to say? Oh. Shit it. Good luck. <laughs> Cut it. Podcast Kings on the mic. Yeah, we grant from the heart and the soul. Our stories unfold. Rock and real, yeah. Our tales is gold. Cause we tipping off four balls. Wrapped in four balls. Podcast too ill. Magnus take off his clothes. Two ranches beat. Always bringing the feast. Uncle Del Bar. Magnus G on the beat. Cause we tipping off four balls. 
wrapped in four bowls. Podcast too ill, Magnus take off his clothes. Who ranches be always bringing the beast. Humpin' Dale Bomb, Magnus be on the beast.